Elon. You listen to Garage Hammer, episode 91. On tonight's episode, the smart manling talks about what you're willing to do to win. So I guess the fat manling better pay attention and take some notes. It'd be nice to win a game, wouldn't it be, once in a while? You chubby, useless manling. Now shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. A very good morning, afternoon, evening to you. For the next three hours or thereabouts, we're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you Arcanum, City Circuits, and a winning attitude, I'm Chris Yu. And I'm the one who knocks. Yo! Yo! How you doing? I am good. How how about you this time? I'm uh, hanging in there. (laughs) Deja vu all over again. Oh my goodness. Uh, this, this, it's the topic. I really think that something doesn't want us to cover this topic. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the stars have aligned against us. This is the third time we're recording this part, folks. Actually, the second time we're recording the intro, it got lost. But this will be the third time we're recording the main topic. Yes. The first, the first time it was unusable. Last week we did it and got sucked into the war. Half the show, I did something wrong on the memory card and we, we lost the two segments. The meat of it. Yeah. yeah. And so here we are again trying to get this show and We're coming back with irresistible force. But you know, the nice thing is it's my birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Well, this will be releasing on the 27th because I won't have it done in time. And that's my birthday. That's why I know it will be releasing because I, I don't work on my birthday. Oh, you take the day off every year? Uh, one year I was student teaching and the lady I was student teaching for was like, what do you mean you don't work on your birthday? F you. You're coming in uh, and teaching because otherwise I got to do it and I don't want to do it. So I had to work once on my birthday. Interesting. But yeah, so I will make sure this is finished and out because I'll be home making sure it gets done because <laughs> we're behind. You're going to treat yourself on your birthday then. And what do you, uh, if you had to ask for something for your birthday, what might it be? You know, besides wonderful gift cards, you need gifts and games, so I can, <laughs> right. so I can get stuff. Splurge on more dwarves. <laughs> I could use a few more boxes. Is of there anything else breakers. that you need? Looks like you have everything. Um, I some. I'm probably going to want another gyrocopter or so. And so you can drop more gyro bombs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I may need some thunderers or coilers or... or I may need. I've only right now got enough to make twenty iron drakes and twenty iron breakers. Oh, only twenty. Yeah, know. that's kind of life, a, you life know, is rough. I got forty each of the longbeards and the hammers. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to your painting progress. Then there, Mister White. I'm so excited. But we'll get to that. In another, yep, yep. We'll talk about that on the uh, review episode. So let's get on, and why don't we thank our sponsors? Yes, thank you to Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Mierce Miniatures, M-I-E-R-C-E. Miniatures. Mantic Games. Guildpainting.com. And Battlefoam, protecting your army. Yes, yes, protecting your army. Doing a good job of it. (laughs) 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 I think uh, when we first recorded that, we talked about... It's hard for me not to say it. (laughs) We wanted reaction to whether or not people are missing the army, or if they're happy with... A truncated army? Yep. And uh, are we still going to do that where people can call in and leave their recorded version of army? Yes. Um, so this is what we're doing. This will be the uh, next contest. <laughs> uh, we still have a couple of gifts from Mantic Games, our sponsor. 
I believe we have the we have the fantasy and the sci-fi version of Dwarf King's Hold available. You can choose. The winner can choose. Um, but we would like you to either, A, go on the forums and just chime in whether you mm. prefer the army or the army. You had to work it in. It right? is, it's for contest purposes. <laughs> for continuity. <laughs> um was that the engineer just now? No, I'm just saying. It I was, sounded very I much like does. the engineer. No, no. I think because I was grovel armor peeking out from under your shirt. There. I wish. No, that's just fat. That's all it is. <laughs> anyway, you were saying it's it's like a shield though. You hit it, it does a wave. Like, okay, the go. We'll get a contest. Stay um, on target. So there will be a contest thread on the forum. Just you know, chime in whether you like the long or short. Or you can call into the voicemail line because you know what we have voicemail. Chris? What? Yes, we do. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Uh, you can call in the voicemail line and say it the way you'd like to hear it. Battle phone protecting your army, however you want to say it. And we'll work that in that actual recording into the commercial. If it's good, we will work it into you know either the commercial or the opening of the show clips. We'll let we'll let other people throw the name the sponsor. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and get on that, folks. Uh, we'll let that run. This is episode 91. We'll announce the winner episode 93. That'll give you a month to get your best army in there. <laughs> yes. So use the voicemail. Speaking of voicemail. Oh, we have voicemail. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Anyone can call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. International callers dial 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. And if you don't have letters on your phone, that's 001-757-441-4696. Or you can remember it this way. G-SHOW-6. <laughs> that sounds bad. I'm saying, if you want to need to remember it. All right. So speaking of voicemail, we yeah. did get a call from Brad, who's Borgio the Berserker, on our forums. We actually got three of them. Now, they're a little staticky. I don't know if they're going to work out or not. So you may or may not hear the voicemails coming up right before the commercial break, folks. Uh, I'm going to do my best with them. But So he calls up and says, now he joined Fat Hammer. Yeah. And he's Borgio the Berserker on there. And he his goal was to lose about 15, 20 pounds. And then he had extra goals, the 100 push-up challenge and this. And run a marathon was one of them. And suddenly run a marathon gets a big red completed. And we get a voicemail from him saying he's about to run a marathon. We got a second one a few hours later. Now, it literally said, I'm about to run the marathon. The next next one came in like four hours later. Mm -hmm. And he sounded like he was. It sounded like he was still running it. Like, he was all winded. He's like, just finish your episode on the... And he called to tell us that he likes t- Dogs of War, and hopefully there will be a battle scroll bringing Dogs of War back. So, so the, this is what he's thinking about while he's running. I'm thinking, because he was listening to it while he was running, I'm thinking he called us in the middle of the marathon, because then he calls us again, like three hours after that, all winded, saying he just finished, and it was like seven or seven and a half hours. So that call in the middle of the two... <laughs> Had to come during the marathon. I think so. If I can get these up, I will get them up. But that was hey, great. Whatever gets you in the zone yeah, to, dude. to pass that time running. Because I've been doing horrible. That. I lost nine pounds total in the last Fat Hammer over six months. And in this particular Fat Hammer, in the last two months, I've gained four. So You have to get back on the horse. Oh, i got to do something. But I could just imagine that. He forced ahead. Fized wound. Minus two armor safe. <laughs> <laughs> no, just run and listen to us. 
Oh my goodness! So that that that's absolutely fantastic, though. Um, I did get one voicemail. I uh, someone called and and did a strange master engineer voice and yelled something about how we can't do the dwarf voice anymore, or something like that. I don't know. Is that the master engineer no, out there it calling it and pranking? Was, it was something. Are you really pranking strange. yourself? No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm yeah. I'm whatever. You're crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that is that. So listen, let's uh, take a quick break and come back with uh, news and rumors and the toolbox. Brought to you by I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your arm. Talk a little toolbox. News and rumors. News and rumors. Oh, yeah. Brought to you by the City City Circuit. Circuit. We're going to see later in the show. Nice. I'm excited. All right. um, News and rumors. Uh, The Dwarf Book is out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not certain what to think yet. (laughs) Jury is still out. Well, you haven't played any games with it, so it's hard to evaluate. Uh, some people are really loving the new book, uh, and some people are saying it's complete crap. Uh, I will tell you, I was talking with Rotor this weekend, and I was just like, because Jeremy Vedic wrote his book too, yeah, and I felt I I, I kind of felt his pain. I'm, oh look, I got two new units that aren't really a new unit per se; they're a variation on an old unit. I guess I was looking for some new stuff, like recreation, top to bottom. Not even top to bottom, but like I was talking to him, I'm like, okay, you look at high elves. They got the phoenixes. They got the uh, the things that aren't the the shadow warriors. They got <laughs> sisters. Okay. Yeah, they got the sisters. They got a couple of new characters. They've yeah. got they got the the flying chariot thing. You know whether it's great or not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you got new cool models. Well, the dwarfs new did options. Get two new flyers. Mm-hmm. They got uh, no, a brand got, new unit in the well, Drake. 
we got Flame one guys. new flyer because we had a gyrocopter before. Now we got a gyro. Yeah, bomber. but it functions differently and it looks completely different. Well, I'm not talking about the look of the model. I'm just saying in the in, you look in the book something and, completely new. Yeah, I mean the gyrocopter still is pretty much the same thing. It's just uh, moved into special. The regular gyrocopter, it's pretty much the same. You don't have to roll on partials. That's about it. Um, the gyro bomber is new, but it's just a variation on the copter. Well, but you can you can upgrade both of them to Vanguard. That, I mean, that, that's, that's huge. That's kind of cool. Yeah, um, arch blocking. So, I mean, like I said, the more I look at it, the more, the more I'm 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 warming to mm-hmm. it. But I really kind of felt like, wow, I didn't get that really cool new thing. I mean, look at Dark Elves. They got the cauldron. They got, well, the cauldron sure. got redone, but not, I'm not like I said. I'm not talking about just redone models. They got. The the other thing that the cauldron makes, they've got the Medusa, the Medusa they've thing, got the right. they've got the the um, the warlock riders, they got Charybdis, the Charybdis. I mean, it's just there's just a ton of new stuff. Where you know, like I said, optimal or not, they're just new, cool, new, shiny, new. So, options. so what did, what was new, brand new in the dwarf book? There's the gyro bomber, which yeah, the variation of the gyrocopter, so they can drop bombs, which. It's still, it's still, it's still new. It's a different model. Yeah. It has different stats. Yeah. Has a different use. It's still, but it's still kind of a variation on the the other one. It's not new, new. It's okay. Well, I mean, it's, let's put it this way: they could have had it be. I mean, they could have gone cheesy and had it be one model and just say, if you upgrade it to having bombs, it's a. You know what I'm saying? Right. It could have just been an upgrade to the existing model in the book without a new, without the secondary mm-hmm. kit, because that's basically, you know what it does and then you've got iron breakers with flamethrowers <laughs> right which is that's a pretty that cool pretty cool yeah but uh that's where it ends i'm starting to get more excited we'll talk about this okay in the it's a very vague conversation but I'm well, i don't want to get a full review sure in fact, i'm probably going to edit half of this out but uh like i said the book's out we haven't heard any reviews yet but uh maybe um, it's that movement three is causing the slow reviews there you go that <laughs> must be it <laughs> Um, but I I do I will say I do like the models, I do like what I've seen so far. I think they they've improved by, oh. by a huge margin. Oh yeah, uh, and there there seems to be a little bit more variety to each model. You know, it's not just that exact same pose for right. twenty guys. That was always the joke was I could take the template and just lay it down flat on my hammers or my it's, iron yeah, breakers. The, the cookie cutter. Yeah, they're exactly yeah. the same. It's just even. So that's out. Um, other than that, um, you know what's funny? I was expecting my White Dwarf uh, Warhammer Visions to be coming out shortly. Yeah. And I think with White Dwarf Weekly coming out every week, like mm-hmm. every week I get a new one, it's like, well, I just I guess I keep looking back to expect the Visions. The Visions, because I'm so nothing? used to White Dwarf coming out monthly that it comes out, I'm like on the third or fourth. Because like, it doesn't come out now for. It's not this weekend. It's not next. Well, it might be. It's the first Saturday. Okay. In the oh yeah, well the twenty eighth, so it'll be in two weeks still, you know. But it just seems like it's been a while since it came out. Hmm. Um, but I will say this: White Dwarf Weekly is top notch. They've really done a good job. I was thumbing through, and it looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean they keep it short, they keep it to yeah. the point. It's they've got hobby articles in there, you know, painting. Um, it's not like chock full of ads like it used to be. No, I mean it still is. I mean. You know, to say that those first couple of pages where it's, you know, the two-page spread for each new each, each new model gets a two-page spread. To say that's not an ad for the new model is crazy, but you know what's missing from it is the little picture in the corner that lists 
that shows you the box and lists the price for all the different regions and stuff like right. that. And I mean, because the the old white dwarf, that's what they had. So every every picture of every model was just a little catalog picture. Right. Now they've got a couple of different pictures. They and there's interviews from the creator and the author of the book and the model guy to tell you why they're cool. And it's on that very first page, like in, the next the to first the, inside page. Yeah, next to the table of contents. Next to the table of contents, there's just a little half page column, new releases that shows you the pictures and lists, you know, how much they cost. They sort of kept that off to the side, which I liked. It really makes it look more like a something ob- oriented mm. towards the hobby. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, the hobby articles were pretty good. How, the, the painting was pretty good, the basic. But uh, especially they had an article on the gyrocopter, why you might want to build it and paint it in stages. Okay. Because as you put it together, it's going to be really hard to get to other parts. Ah, I see. And they actually pointed out, though, hey, okay, the gyrocopter comes out this week. Here's a, some hobby tip on how to do it. And they show you the sections they built it into mm-hmm. and painted it in. I'm like, oh, that's great. Hmm. Uh, last week they did one on ranking up your models. Okay. And, uh, you, and you build them to put them on the bases without gluing them. Sure. You know, sort of make sure that they all, who's going to fit where, and then glue them there so that they all line up proper. And then they even had the, you know, numbering the bottoms so you know how to put them back in that order. Mm. Which, I mean, is something a lot of us know, but it just doesn't. Well, again, I think it aimed at the new, younger hobbyists. It just doesn't ever, I mean, that that was not the stuff you got, that was not the stuff you got in White Dwarf. Right. You know? So, it's short. It's concise. It actually winds up over the course of a month costing me more than the old magazine, mm-hmm. and I don't mind because Do you feel it's an improvement. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty great. Um, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm getting I'm I'm looking forward to Friday when I go to pick up my uh, my iron drakes and my iron breakers and my extra gyrocopter that I'm looking forward to the next white dwarf. So, cool. That's about it for new stuff. I think that's it. I think it is. Yeah, we'll see what else is coming out. Um, we have. I, I'm assuming there's a 40k book coming out next month. Have you heard anything on what it is? Uh, I thought they said, "Oh, Imperial Knights." Oh yeah, so they're like yeah. the mini Titans and stuff. Right. And Those they, look, do look pretty cool. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. So that's yeah, Imperial Knights. That's what it is gonna. I think is coming out next month. Okay. So I won't need to pick up the White Dwarf every week because it's going to be painting guys. Well, yeah, and, I, and that's what I'm going to tell them over at UGG. You know what? I'm good for the next three weeks. I don't need it mm-hmm. because it's cover. It's going to definitely be covering something that I don't need Not to follow. You know, no. yeah. I can spend that on paint. There you go. And on other things. All right. So yeah, that's it for uh, that's it for news and rumors. Nothing. It's weird. We got a new book and we haven't reviewed it, and we've got new models and we're not really talking about it. We're actually saving it for the review. So, a lot of nothing to talk about, I guess. So, I guess let's just move on to the toolbox. Brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. All right. Uh, have you done any reading? Did you finish that book? Yet? I didn't finish it, but I've started back up. Okay. Uh, and it's it's okay. It, you know, I think I'm waiting for. Uh, Alethanar Alethanar to fully realize himself he hasn't gotten to that point yet so it's kind of slow I feel like in the beginning there's uh, and, it, and there's parts of it that are like that yeah that's mm. you know because even when he does realize it he's more he, you know it's like guerrilla warfare there's never that I am well, the, that sounds know. exciting I do I did like the book I really do so okay. keep, keep, stick with it there's some okay, parts well. that get a little slow but 
it, it, he's he's on a, a a long and painful journey, and you're going to have to take it with him. Yeah, it hasn't started yet. Yeah, they're still building up all the political intrigue and whatnot. So there is there are some really really fantastic cool payoff scenes. I mean, the political intrigue is one mm-hmm. thing, and you know, and the fact that he's not even involved in it, he's out in the mountains hunting half the time, right? Um, but it's, it's nice because it kind of sets up what he's good at. Right. Yeah. You know. Um. But uh, yeah, just trust me. That'll that'll it'll get better. Okay. It'll I'll, get better. I'll stick with it. Uh, I'm working on Descent of Angels and reading the Dwarf book, and uh, starting to like it more and more. Working on conversion ideas for my demons and for my gyrocopter. So we talked a little bit about this. So your gyrocopter, what kind of conversions do you think you might? I do? have no idea, but I I like the bomber a lot. I don't mind the gyrocopter, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of tiny. Well, it is truly a one man gyrocopter. It's not yeah. like a helicopter, right? Which is why I. For whatever reason, thought, but it is a, a one man kind of like that gyrocopter from um, Road Warrior, right? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the old the old one kind of looked like almost like the one yeah. from Road Warrior. It's got the you know, it's got the longer mm. tail end with the and everything like that. This is really compact. He's like almost in a bubble, right? You know, with he's the, like a flying cauldron. Yeah, with the with the little rotors in the back and then in the and on the top. Um, I'm just trying to think of something that might be able to stretch it out a little bit more for the for the copter. So you're okay with the bomber as a, as a model? Yeah. You're, you think of converting the copter itself? Yeah, and I have no real ideas as of yet. I just keep looking at. Plus, you know, like I said, I want to start doing more conversions in my army. Mm-hmm. And you, what are you going to do with all these little guys in armor? There's not much to convert. Sure. Yeah, with you got to pick your spots. So it's like I looked at it. this. Is bigger and has a potential to possibly be a conversion. Right, might be the only one I'm going to get in this army. That's that's okay. You know, you know, see what you can do with it. As long as you come up with a cool idea and run with it. Yeah. You know, the one idea that I mentioned to you that I was thinking about, if I were to, you know, convert that model, it'd be a a war machine, uh, Kador Warjack, because uh-huh. you know, they're big and bulky. They have a bunch of rivets uh-huh. all over them. They have the big smokestacks and stuff. They're you know very sooty and ashy. Right. I could see like the the body of that being the chassis of that gyrocopter. Stick some wings on it and the, you know, the, the rotors d- on top. Have the dwarf sort of sticking out of the... Right. That cut a hole in it and have yeah, the yeah, dwarf yeah. half in there. The little goggles peering out from yeah. behind. And like I said, I don't necessarily have any really good ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's really the only model that you're going to have an opportunity to do some major conversions on. I mean, the cannons, the all the war machines are pretty straightforward. They're just, they are what they are and they're small. So... that That's... That's the trick. You know, I haven't. It's, I guess it'd be like trying to convert a goblin, right? Exactly. I mean, really it's, small. Yeah. I mean, as far as between what armies you have, yeah. If you're going to do your conversions, it's not going to be on the goblins. It's going to be on your, you know, the the pump wagons stuff, and your, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So hmm. that's where that is. So I'm, I'm trying to see what I can come up with since there's not much hope for conversions elsewhere. Okay. So what about you? What have you been doing for hobbying? Hobbying. Um, I've started uh, painting my winter-themed bases. I came up with a great uh, formula for snow. You just mix uh, water effects with um, Woodland Scenics brand snow. Okay. You get a slushy effect. (laughs) So I've got that down. Now, I'm going to start painting all the bases, I think, at the same time because they're all the same. But that's going to be like maybe 100 some odd bases all in the same fashion. Or I might, you know, do a set of bases, you know, first, and then the model second to mix it up. 
I'm still grappling with that. And I did listen to um, Ben Curry's Bad Dice Daily about what would Curry do, high elves. Okay. And his list was very intriguing to me. I think I might move towards something similar. So moving the Dragon Prince bus to a Silverhelm bus, and in place of that, add in the White Lion Horde. Oh, boy. Which I, yeah, which I'm sure you'll be happy with. But yeah. And I've, I think conversion-wise, I think I might do the Dark Elf Executioner body, because I think that's a great model, Okay, with these Shadow Warrior heads. Okay, for so your... Those would be the White Lions. So no no lion... Motif? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, really. they're all wearing those lion cloaks. I've never it. really been a fan of that motif. Really? The whole White Lion thing, no? They call them the White Lions. They wear lion cloaks. They actually have something in the list called a lion okay. cloak, which gives them the... That's okay. I mean, the, the executioner body is armored and has a cloak. It's just not a lion pelt. Okay. So I, I've never been a fan of the lion motif and model itself. So See, I really like them. They're, they're okay, but I think that the executioner with the shadow warrior head looks much more aggressive and, and warlike. Okay. Which is the theme you know that I'm going for. So... Um, you're doing the bases, so, so the models aren't on them. They are pinned on them. Okay. So I can just take them right off and paint the base and then put it back on. So, like, are you going to put, like, are you making sure not to put any snow or stuff around where their foot goes? No, I will do dead last. Uh, there are so, some models, the way that I have the, the, the filigree, the pattern on the, on the base, sometimes it's raised and it caught, it, there's a space beneath the foot. Okay. So I, so I could stuff that space, that gap with snow. Well, I'm only asking because I was thinking about this for my dwarfs, too, is how do I want to do the bases because I'm going to be stripping mm-hmm. the old ones. And they just had really basic bases. Yeah. You know, they're up in the mountains. I want to have it be something like that. But I don't just want to I don't just want to put sand on the bases. Okay. Are you, are you thinking snow? Uh, no. Oh, okay. They're up in the mountains. I suppose they could do snow. I guess I just, ugh, I don't like snow bases. These, I mean, because it's so often they just don't look good. Uh, but what I was actually wondering is, you know, because a lot of times you put them down and then you've got the model on the base and then you mm-hmm. put the glue and you add the sand. And right. Since it's like, you know, they're not, it's almost like they're not really standing on the terrain. It's like the sand sort of comes up right up above the, oh, you know, their feet I see. and stuff. Right. And I'm trying to figure out how to do something that looks more like the ground is under their feet and not, They're not you know, floating on top of it. Yeah, they're not floating on top of it, and they're not. It's not floating, you know, up right up against next to them. It depends on what you, what kind of basing you have, whether it's rock or dirt or or what. I have to think of something. I want to have it mountainy, but I have to think of something. I don't know exactly what. Okay. And I, you know, once again, I want to play, sure. but I got to build these models. It's like, well, you know, coming up with a basing scheme before I do anything else is it's it's going to stop me in my tracks for a second. So, oh wait, it took me about a month. <laughs> to think of my bases, so... Yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't, because I want to get playing with these guys, but I don't right. want to glue them to the bases because I want to come up with a basing scheme well, that I can put them on. Do you want it to be outdoor? You could do, like, the the inside of a Carrick, like a uh, tiled, like stone tiled. Eh, I was thinking about that. It might be fun. In fact, I've got those, the... the, the the her starts, yeah, and they, they I have go. the tile like for the gothic. That could be floor cool. tiles. Yeah, I do the gothic floor, and they're twenty mil floor tiles. I could just, I mean, that blend itself to a great display base. Take me forever, but yeah, but it'd be so worth it. But yeah, it, it can take forever because hey, I'm not painting for a yeah. tournament, so yeah, I guess so. I guess you're right. I guess I could just if have you wanted to it. go that route, that could be cool. Yeah, well, maybe so. 
like I said, I got to figure out the bases though because I just I just don't want them. You know, I'm gonna sit here. I'm really gonna try to work and, and paint them as nice as I can and, and do this, and then have the base not, not look do right. Justice. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I, I have no idea. Hmm. So you know, like you, in an effort to fund having to buy four boxes of executioners because they're expensive, fifty uh-huh. bucks a box. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be selling a bunch of stuff. Uh, not necessarily Warhammer stuff, just random game stuff that we have around the house. Okay. Um, local shop Games Plus. They right. Have an auction twice a year. You can bring in your stuff, they'll auction it for you, and then the money that uh, they get for selling your stuff goes towards a credit in their store. So hopefully I can get enough to get three, maybe four boxes. And it's just random stuff do, that we have. Do you get the whole thing, or do they get, they get to keep a portion because they ran the auction? Uh, they You get all the credit, but it has to go to stuff in their store. So in the end, they get all your money. Okay. So, right. But, but, you, but you get the stuff of your choice. That's cool. Yeah. I may I may have to I may have to go through and see what I've got left and do that too. Yeah, yeah, might be worth it. Um, that that's it for my hobby though. Just cleaning stuff, trying to get funds for <laughs> the new stuff. Sounds good. I know all about that. Um, uh, the last of my dwarf medals has been spoken for, so mm-hmm. that's going. And you know. I'm getting a, a decent price for it, so I'm going to be replacing it. It's going to cost me a little out of pocket to just replace them, but not as much as if I just went out and bought it. Okay. So I'm kind of glad that's gone. Uh, I'm looking forward to still my og- ogres for Nurgle trade. Still waiting on That's going to happen ogres. next month. I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, I've still got a few. I've, I've got a, some Warriors of Cast left and a little bit of ogre stuff left. But I sold off a big chunk of that. Mm-hmm. I've still got a lot of my Orcs and Goblins stuff left that I'm looking to sell off. All right. But all of Harrison Skaven are gone. Long gone. Nice. Every last model is gone. I'm very excited for him. He's got he's got enough money where he got himself his Xbox One. Okay. And his, his game and stuff. Oh, so he didn't put that money back into Warhammer, huh? Well, he's been saying he he's like, when are you gonna? Aren't you gonna buy an Xbox One? I'm like, hell no, I ain't gonna buy an Xbox One. I haven't played Xbox 360 in a year. Why would I buy an Xbox One? So. When he when when I told him that he started saving up like a year ago, uh, and so this was the selling off that army and getting that money was the last. I see. So he now he's got his stuff bought and he's he's all excited. Um, I'm I'm actually writing VC lists for Acon. For, for the team tournament. Oh, but I want to get a, my display board together. I want to figure out how to do a display board. You know, I want to okay. get a display board ready for them. Just because don't you need a display board even for the team tournament? You do. Uh, you know, you, either you or your opponent will just bring one and you just... Are both armies on that one display yeah. board? Oh, see, I got to talk to Greg then. Because I said I was going to definitely have a display board ready for Adepticon, but I'm only in the okay. I'm only in the team tournament, so I don't know. So, I might, yeah, I might just make something pretty basic. You would have to bring a display board then. I'm assuming he's not going to bring one. Right. Uh, does he know what armies he's going to use? I'm not even certain. Because we had talked about, um, I think he tweeted that he was looking for an army to use, but he didn't know what. Well, we'll see. So, yeah, interesting. I got a thousand points of demons. That's, you know, we brought to... Yeah, there you go. Demons and VC. Yeah, we brought it last time. You filthy, filthy kids. (laughs) (laughs) And that way I can just keep plugging away on my uh, dwarves. Maybe they'll be the big, nice display board that I'll be working on. I could do the nice... I could see that. That could be... Huge entrance to a huge Carrick. Yeah. Have the nice the nice tiling done or Karak, however they say it. I don't know. 
<laughs> I feel like they like mumble and growl everything. They kind of do. It always sounds like it's a it's a real it's a tooth cracker of a language. So that's what I've been doing. Is just writing lists, getting the display board. I haven't built any of my dwarf stuff that I bought really, except mm-hmm. for half a one character model because. Like I said, I started reading the book, and I honestly, dude, for about two days there, yeah, I was returning my stuff and just buying demons. I was just going to say, forget it. You're, you're thinking about doing that, yeah? Wow, I really like just forget it. I well, true to this. form, you don't like change, right? Yep. <laughs> Dwarf grumbling about all the new <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so that's that's what I've been doing, basically. Again. and then I spent an entire evening down here sorting through Morgan's. Uh, I bought her that used Empire Army. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, I didn't know how much stuff she had. Yeah, you tweeted that out. It's quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's like stupid amounts of stuff. I mean, it's a few hundred models. I mean, you know, I got 40 of the guys with, uh, I got she got about 30, uh, you know, the state troops with swords. Yep. And then she got about uh, uh, 40 or 50 guys with halberds. She got two dozen knights. She got 10, uh, 10 pistoliers. She got about 30 handgunners. She's got two mortars, two cannons, one rocket battery, one other whatever, the not right. rocket battery, two steam tanks. Has she? Have you talked to her about what sort of army or build she'd want She's to She's not even thinking about building. She wants no. to learn how to paint. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah, it's going to be blue and red, and she's just all excited. And now that they're all kind of sorted and put into packages... She's just like really excited. She's, she's gonna, dude. She's got like twelve hundred dollars worth of Empire. I don't paint even know how the hell standard. that happened. Yeah, I say, I'm. You know, she's gonna paint, and I'm gonna teach her how to do it, and just let her go, man. Nice. It's all hers. So that's that. Uh, you got any other? Other. Uh, I took the kids to see the Lego Movie, which was, was fun. I heard that was great. Yeah, it was good. It was actually really good. My in-laws took my kids, and my father-in-law really liked it. He said we should go see it, but we didn't go see yeah, it. It was funny. Will Ferrell has an interesting role in that who movie. Is he, who is he? Which character is he? Uh, he plays the, the the antagonist. Okay. I, I forget the, the name of the character. So that that was good. I started watching The Walking Dead again. Yeah. Uh, it's getting It's getting better. I still have my problems with that show, but it is it is getting better. It's funny. I heard some people saying this season is oh, it's going downhill. It's so, mm. you know, and it's like, I I'm really liking it more. You're seeing some 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 glimmers of hope within these people in this. It, you know, that's what it needs, though. You know, oh, yeah. I it, it needs more of that. That's what makes it good. Because yeah. then, if you these characters that they spend so much time investing in and writing up, mm-hmm. you want them to keep on going. And did, when they kill them off, did you watch Sunday's episode? I did. Yeah. Dude, that was I didn't expect the one character to even be alive, and then there they are, and then actually two characters showed up that you didn't even expect to be alive. Yeah. Did you ever watch Lost? Uh, I haven't finished it. Like, okay. I, I just kind of got busy. It's one of those things that's in my queue on Netflix. I'm going to start watching it it's, again. It's similar in a lot of ways to Lost in that they'll just take out characters that you're you've grown attached to. They'll just write them out. Yep. And then they'll have all these kind of subplots or details that have you thinking and make you wonder that they'll never go into and never explain. <laughs> Which, I'm lost, it was annoying, and in The Walking Dead, it's starting to do the same. I really, I, I really, I really like The Walking Dead. It's, it can kind of do no wrong. Even some of the slower parts, it's like, 
you know, it's it's weird because I know like you were pretty. I, you probably liked season two a lot then when they were on the farm, mm, because they it was were, okay. Well, I mean, because they were you know they were there and things started to look up. People were. It's not so much that you know. It, I I enjoy the the episodes where they're like going somewhere or they're traveling because uh-huh. it feels like they're you know it's more engaging, right? But especially if um, if there is if there is hope, you know, if, if they're stuck in one place and their people are dying and it's moving real slow, then it's like a I see, I got you. All right, uh, and for me, um, I actually got to go to the movies for like the second time this year. Okay. And I got to fi- I finally got to see American Hustle. Who's in that? Uh, Christian Bale and Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams. It's based on a true story set in the seventies. Okay, they were uh, basically arrested by the FBI for fraud. The couple mm-hmm. of these couple of you know guys you know pulled fraud, and they were con artists. And the guy from the FBI said, you know, you can get. I, I need. I want you to help me bring down these other bigger people. You know how to do it, and if you help me, you can you you can get out of your right. time. And it's amazing. It was so good. It's a nominated for Academy Award. Totally deserves it. One of the mm. best pictures I've seen in a really long time. Uh, American House was just top notch. I mean, it came out like you know back in December. I just haven't been able to go see it. Did, was there a lot of fanfare? Yeah, I don't remember seeing like commercials or anything. Yeah, like no, it. dude. It was it was really? yeah, it was mm. kind of all over. It's really. Dude, it's top notch. It's really good. I would. I love. I can't wait to go see it again. Actually, I really want to see it again. Check it out. I really liked it. And uh, other than that, I did finish the uh, first Law trilogy. The books. Yep. The audio books. Um, dude, that stuff was fantastic. Hmm. Talk about a book series that kind of had me guessing as to what was going on and where it was going, and then the end. The payoff was so good because I just didn't see it coming. Like the, like I knew something was going on, and I'm like, "How are you going to tie all this up? This is like, there's so much going on." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Boom!" It's like, "Wait, that's what's going on, really?" Hmm. And it's like a fantasy series. That's all about this fantasy stuff and this battle between you know, there's the brother wizards or, or like you know, like in, like from the same group, and you know, this guy's gone evil and he's doing all these evil things, and I have to stop him and all this stuff's going on. You're expecting all this. And then at the end, it turns into this bizarre sort of like political commentary, and it's all about the politics and and who's the king and keeping the stability in the land, and it really hmm. just becomes this really like I didn't see it coming. It was so good, uh, good enough that I went out and he wrote uh, three more books, Joy Abercrombie, um, about other people just living in that world around that right. time, um, but they're not part of that bigger main trilogy okay. story and i downloaded the first one just flushing out that world yeah because yeah. it was it was it was that good of a read that I'm, I'm excited to get these other three books now okay really good stuff so that's what i've been doing um i do want to point out we've got like 56 people for the 2014 hobby painting challenge thing so we got a lot of people signed up right now it's still time to sign up it's never too late you know it's we're painting models you can paint stuff for, but don't don't worry if you didn't sign up in January or whatever that right. you can't join in. I should I should officially sign up for that too. Huh? I need to too. In Just fact, for now, motivation. Now that I know what I'm going to be doing this right. year, I can sit down and focus and start painting and start getting stuff done. So that's about it. 
All right. All right. Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we will be talking with uh, the guys from the Circle City Circuit. We're going to have them on. The guys from India. <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> we named the dog Indiana. Um, we'll have those guys on, and they're going to tell us all about what's new with the Circle City Circuit because it's changing and it's growing. It's going to be a pretty cool Excellent. thing. Looking forward to it. All right. We'll be back. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. Hey guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commissioned painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. Bringing the circuit to you. Yeah, bringing the circuit to you. The group themselves, uh, Ryan Boaz, Jeff Creaser, Gary Luther. Notice I put that alphabetical. So there you go. Not <laughs> and joined by a fourth member, Aaron. Mossgrave. Aaron, Aaron the bartender. That's there you go. That's Aaron, Aaron the bartender. bartender. Like <laughs> Everyone calls him Shoe. There you go. All right. So, uh, Ryan, Jeff, Gary, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having us on. Absolutely. Great to be here. So, what now? Fourth season, am I correct? This is the fifth season, actually. Okay, I, I missed one somewhere. Five yeah. seasons. Nice. <laughs> it's easy to do, Dave. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, for those who don't know what the Circle City, and I know you guys are got a lot of changes this season, but for those who don't know or haven't been paying attention or might be new to our show and don't know what you guys do with the circuit, why don't you guys uh, fill them in? Okay, right. uh, r- real quick, the circuit is four tournaments that um, we play throughout, we're going to be playing throughout the year this year. Uh, each circuit event is a different style of tournament. This year we're trying to make them all primer events for much larger tournaments. So like the first one's an Adepticon team primer. The second one is going to be uh, a Bits and Buckeye primer. 
so we can get our guys ready for to go to these big tournaments and guys from the local areas. Um, they're going to be themed. Uh, fun tournaments like this one is a team tournament. The next one's a 2400. We're going to do a 3000 point one to get everybody ready for Screw City GT. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then the entire idea of the circuit is we're also going to be uh, working with the other local gaming groups. So uh, we'll be working with the Path to Glory event in Ohio. So all of our events are going to be set up to work with Path to Glory, so you get credit for that. Hmm. So we're working with Jeff Parkhurst on that. Um, we're going to be doing our best to try and get the things on rankings HQ if we have over 12 people. Um, just We're trying to uh, make our events really uh, a part of the gaming community and get our guys you know ready for these big events. And it's something for all people in central Indiana, but you know the Midwest, to come and have a great weekend with... Uh, the Indianapolis Gaming Club. Yeah, it sounds like a great plan. It's, it's truly uh, working in your events into the larger fabric of kind of the uh, American Warhammer scene, the Midwest scene. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, That's I really thought, what it's about. Yeah. I thought of the idea when um, I realized I hadn't ever gotten in a team game, like, at a tournament before besides Adepticon, and uh, we all kind of decided that it would be a good idea to kind of, we're going to refresh it up this year, go for that... Uh, the um, prepping for other major tournaments, but also including a great theme. Like this year, our theme is the Chaos Gods. So hmm. the first tournament is Slanesh Fest. So all the scenarios are based on <laughs> All right. Is, is that legal in the state you yeah. guys are in? <laughs> it is for us. Little Hide your livestock, there. folks. <laughs> Sorry, who said that? Chris. Nice, nice. Uh, the second one is uh, Summer of Slaughter, which is going to be uh, corn. And then the other ones we're still working on, but they're going to have a Nurgle and a Zinch. Um, but basically what we're doing is, is rather than having the circuit champion like we've had in past years, we'll be anointing our first Indianapolis Demon Prince. Oh, awesome. <laughs> nice. That's so, awesome. So you gotta, kind of, Nurgle's got to go for Halloween so that you can have the Zinchy Christmas. I think there. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like it. I like it. That's a good call, I'm Dave. Just throwing that out there is my first reaction. Nurgle works for Halloween and... Let me ask you guys this. Uh, with working your events into the larger tournament uh, fabric out there, do you guys think you might ever work your tournaments into the um, the Masters, the USA Masters scene? If we can get them to count, absolutely. But um, it's, it's all <laughs> okay. about talking to the people who run that. I mean, we had multiple people from our club get invited to the Masters this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, including Ryan Caps, who we're really proud is going to go kick some butt for us. Nice. Nice. Dr. Warhammer. Dr. Warhammer's got a prescription for pain. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Representing the Midwest. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I got invited, but I couldn't make it. So um, it's going to be, I mean, if we can make it work with the Masters, that'd be awesome. Um, and eventually you want to look into making one of the events at GT. Um, Excellent. So Boaz is helping me plan that one out right now. Any particular idea which one you want to do, or are you thinking maybe that you know the, the final one is the big GT building up to it? Or um, there's some talk about making the third one the GT, um, right. and possibly basing it around Gen Con. We're not sure right now because we're right in Indianapolis. So mm. if we wanted to do a GT at Gen Con, we could. Well, there's a big void at Gen Con there right now. Exactly. Yeah, no kidding. This yeah. will be my third year going, and I just leave all my Warhammer stuff at home. Yeah, they've never there had ain't no point. Well, well we are. Uh, have to. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're going to. Uh, I'm going to be running a mega battle. We're going to do some X-wing, uh, and then we're, I'm going to cool. run a fantasy uh, mega battle um, that we're going to open up. Uh, probably just a uh, thousand points per eight to ten people, whoever uh, it's going to be open up to. Um, and we are going to let people come out and smash each other's face. It's going to be a fun event. Um, and then uh, like to morph that into at least next year, either trying to uh, do a CCC event there, either having a uh, full-blown two-day tournament, or uh, if we just even do a, a three-game, one-day tournament, smaller event, because I know a lot of people who go to Gen Con, they have a lot of stuff they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we may do the GT. Um, we'll either decide to do the GT as part of Gen Con, or we'll make it try to make it our own event with one of our local game stores who's trying to do their own con. Yeah, right now we've got a local game store called Gamers, who's being really, really supportive of our local gaming scene, and uh, they're talking about uh, letting us work on our own little um, convention space. They're actually going to rent a hotel for us if we want to do our own wow. uh, major major tournament. So Nice. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's kind of amazing just how many things are coming together right now in, in Indianapolis, and that's why we've uh, got the club together. Um, it's all coming together at the right time. So, okay, so you're going to have four tournaments. They're going to be quarterly, mm-hmm. which, which cuts back from that every other month that you were doing or almost monthly that you had originally been doing. Yeah, the monthly tournament. It was kind of a, an Iron Man event. And <laughs> it, it, it really showed those with dedication, but in, in real life, uh, people have schedules, so it's just kind of hard to make it to every single event. So we thought we'd spread them out over the year. So what are the rules for this now, though? Do you have to make all four events to qualify, or you got to hit three out of four? Or Basically, the way it's working is for every tournament you go to, you're generating chaos points, okay? Um, you're only going to count the top three, though. So if you miss one event, it's not a big deal. Um, to be honest, with placings, if you miss two, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, but we're just adding the overall combined score, taking your three top. Um, and you do get bonuses for for participating and um, having a painted army and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We we wanted to do uh, include painting as a normal score for this one, but right now we're kind of backing off that a little bit. Uh, but we'll still have a best painted award at each each event. So having said that, do you guys factor in sportsmanship scores as well? Absolutely, I think sportsmanship yes. is possibly the most important score at a tournament. So yes. talk to us a little bit more about that. I'm interested to hear about. Yeah, how does that work? Because, you know, a lot of times us in the Midwest, we get a bum rap for, uh, oh, sure, you got sportsmanship, and if someone doesn't like your army, they use that as they use right. that in, in place of comp. So what are you guys doing with it? Well, we're kind of um, – I've been to a lot of ter- lot of tournaments, and I know Boaz has <laughs> as well. Um, I'm taking what I think is the best kind of uh, sportsmanship rules, which is you rate your, your, top, play- your top games. Um it gives you a very accurate score of sportsmanship. Hmm. Um, and then also there will be a comp award, uh, just like there is at, at um, um, some of the other major GTs. It's not going to be going as heavy as Buckeye, but it'll still be – there will be a comp score. A comp award. So would that mean that uh, that, that award is, is given to what is perceived to be the – Softest, friendliest army, or uh, it's comp's going to factor in a little bit with sportsmanship. So I see. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how the two are going to work right at this second. Um, I've got the the point sheet all on a, on a separate computer. Work, um, work in progress, but it's very intriguing that you guys right. are factoring in all this 
uh, all these different factors and is on such a large scale. It's actually pretty impressive. I think we really appreciate getting in a good game. Um, to me, there's nothing more important than being able, when you sit down to play somebody, looking forward to that game, you know, mm-hmm. having a good time. And I want to encourage that in our local gaming community, but also with people who come in here to play. Right, and there's nothing worse than walking up to a table and dreading, I mean, you know the person maybe even, and you know they're a good guy or girl, and you really like them, but you look at their list and you're just bummed automatically just because of their list. There's, I think there's just nothing worse than that. It's hard to go into a, a fun environment with, with your buddies when you just know you're going to get your face crushed in. Uh, so, yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> Bill Robertson has a really good comp system where you, you rate the armies on, do you want to play this army again? Not necessarily the person, but the army. And that's the one I'm kind of modeling it after because mm-hmm. I think he put together a really good system for that. So you got separate points right. for the people, and then you actually have the question to try to exactly. would you want to play this army again? Yeah, a scale of one to three, how much would you want to play this army again? That kind of question. Um, and that would factor into their score. Because um, I think when you're playing that army that is, you know, seven war machines or <laughs> nothing but one-up saves, it's just kind of, it does take some of the fun out of it. Or six gyrocopters. <laughs> hey, hey don't, let's not go judging. <laughs> I haven't finished building my second one yet. <laughs> uh, dwarf players. <laughs> the jury's still out. <laughs> but a lot hey, of that a is... a good day to be a dwarf player. <laughs> Very true. What's, Very what's true. a dwarf? Exactly. <laughs> it's a, With a lowercase it's a, d. It's an ignorant person's mispronunciation. That's what a dwarf is. <laughs> it's it's hatred for the race. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. First event is March 15th. It's Slanesh Fest. It's our uh, team tournament. Uh, it's using the Adepticon team tournament rules. Uh, Alex Gonzalez, who runs the Adepticon tournament, will actually be there. Oh. So uh, he's a good friend. It's actually my 30th birthday. So, oh, happy 30th. Party. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 30. You, you, it's it's good time kind of to have uh, plenty of doubles in a single room. See, it, it, it's, it's weird <laughs> for me to hear him say that because I just still remember three years ago meeting him for the first time at Adepticon. And him just like just schooling me on how to play my dwarfs at the table that day. And it's like <laughs> I learned so much at the at, at the hands of a guy who's a dozen years younger yeah, than Gary, me. Gary, you're a much older and wiser yes. soul than your thirty years <laughs> yeah, would, no would indicate. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's it's the length of the beard, man. There you go. <laughs> it helps that I played the same army for ten years. Um, wow, the same that- army. The same army. I mean, it changed a little <laughs> bit, but it got, like, refined. Uh, but okay. now I've been playing Ogres for the past year and a half, and I've been loving it. So nice. That's right. Actually, I think the first time I met Gary, I didn't actually talk to him, I don't think, but he was at Circle City Circuit. Not Circuit. What am I saying? Duh. No, he was at... Uh, Core Comp. He was at Core Comp, but he was playing the Ringer, because he was just yeah. playing the o- Ogres. Ogres. That's right. Oh, Ogres. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, I actually, in fact... Uh, that became the phrase around here, getting Luthered, was yeah. me explaining how I had my favorite game of the five games of the tournament was Gary. And I, I'll never remember. Let's assume you, let's pretend you had a chance to win this. <laughs> <laughs> what would you, and it was just like, it, and it was, but it wasn't snarky or anything. It was just like, I remember people telling me like. It's kind of matter of, a fa- matter of fact. Well, I remember because yeah. I didn't know who Gary was. And I remember I'm playing, who are you playing? Gary Luther. Oh, Dwarf on Dwarf. 
Oh, yeah, you're going to lose. But just, he'll teach you. Just learn. <laughs> There's just, just Go play with Gary. Just just tell him you're kind of new, and he'll teach you a lot. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, I got I got tabled, and I had a good time doing it. Whenever there is a son of Grugney, I mean, I feel like the you need to equip them for the world, my friend. Uh, I love the Dwarf Army. I think it's the one of the most flavorful in Warhammer. And when it's played so it's fun, that's a big thing. I, I think you've been seeing a lot of the seven War Machine lists lately, and that's not so much fun. No, you and I, in fact, I think you and I each had two, possibly three War Machines total. I think three, I took three. I brought bolt throwers. That's right. You had two bolt throwers and a cannon. I had a cannon, a grudge thrower, and a bolt thrower. Mm-hmm. And we were just playing, uh, playing that against each other. And uh, yeah, dude, that was. <laughs> well, I've had the pleasure. I don't care if you remember you and I playing at Core Comp, probably the year before that, where you destroyed my orcs and goblins with your uh, your dwarves. Which orc army was that? The uh, ones with uh, that were savage orcs with the. Um... Uh, back then it was probably all orc boys, maybe some black orcs. It it was almost kind of an elite orc type army. Okay. And that's that's what we were saying. Like it fe- feels very elite, whereas orcs and goblins should be lots of garbage units running around. So, I I regret, regret to say I it's been a long time. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a long time ago. But uh, yeah, I got my, I got stumped too, and it was See, a, a pleasure getting stumped for you. <laughs> for you, it was the time you got Luthered. For Gary, <laughs> it was Tuesday. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's what happened. I remember saying, "Wait, why are you shooting at my units with your cannon? Shoot at my cannon." And then, and then like the next three shots, I took off all those war machines. Like, no, listen, I taught you that. I, you're not supposed to be that good at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I shot my cannon at your cannon, if I remember correctly, and the, the bounce stuck. Yeah, the bounce stuck, and so then I shot back. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, well, that sucked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it turned into a really good game, if I remember correctly. It was a really good game. It was a lot of fun. And then I remember coming home and playing my dwarfs very differently the very next week after that, and people not being happy with me for having learned that stuff from you. Uh, it's. They're very like if you learn to get in their flanks, they're you can beat them. But it's it's you got to figure out for when you're playing dwarves, target priority. For me, that's the most important thing about playing the army. Uh, apparently, the we- apparently, the weakness is tons and tons of skaven slaves. Hey, <laughs> or skinks. Not funny. Man. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a lucky roll on the reign of chaos table that could hurt you. Oh, right. Ugh. I hate that that. Reign of Chaos table is terrible. Yeah, it, uh, it is. It's brutal. It's wonderful. <laughs> you know what's a great table, though? Ancestral Grudge. Yes. <laughs> That's the table I can get behind. <laughs> but but right. you have to have a runesmith in, in your units. Otherwise, they're forced to pursue, right? Oh, my goodness. Right. <laughs> so, well, hey, we're backing that off till probably till the Dwarf Review. Hopefully, right. we'll be able to get Gary back on to talk tactics on that. So. Uh, I'd love to. That'd Let, be great. That'd let's be great. focus. Let's focus circuit here, though. Stay on target. So, ex- okay. oh, look at me. Look at me. Me bringing it there back. There you go. What is the world dirt? coming what to? What is going on? Well done, sir. <laughs> I Dave is not only the one who knocks. He's also one that brings it back on target. <laughs> there you go. There you Very go. nice. You think that of me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who brings it back on target. <laughs> All right, so team tournament March fifteenth. What's how many points? What's uh, you're using the Adepticon rules? How many points? Yes, yeah, it's, it's using Adepticon rules, so it's a thousand points per person. You're allowed one lord per team. Uh, that lord's going to be the grand master of the army or the grand general. Um, I'm going to be using some of the old Adepticon team tournament scenarios, but I'm going to rework them just a little bit to make them more slaneshi. Um, and there's actual points for. 
bringing a showing up and being you know devoted to Slanesh a little bit. Um, I'll let you figure out how that means and how you can play into that. Hmm. I, have, uh, I have a very special shirt that I'm going to be oh, wearing that no. day. <laughs> I, I believe the the the. Uh, if you go to our website, you'll see it says Chips, Dip, Chains, Whip. I'm just saying, it's Slanesh Fest. Let me tell you something, Boaz, Creaser, either of you show up with that gimp mask, I'm leaving. I'm just <laughs> telling you right now. Oh, <laughs> man. They, they said no returns. <laughs> oh, you're right. I'm in Vegas. I, before, Dave. I'm in Vegas. I can make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, it's God, also dying. you can bring any model that's based on Slanesh or has a Slaneshy theme. Uh, that's what we're entering in for painting competition this year. So, oh, so you have a you'll have a separate painting competition, like a best model you could bring in. Yep, and I'll just win an award. The uh, I said I was working with Gamers. Gamers is helping us out with prize support. So all of your entry fee plus whatever Gamers is helping us with is going towards prize support for theme, uh, best sportsman uh, for team, uh, best overall. Um, so it should be a really fun tournament to go to, and we'll have some good prize support. Cool. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the first one. And then the next one is Season of Slaughter, and that'll be the corn one. Um, that one, I think, is on May 10th. And uh, we're taking pre-registration for that now as well. So, Nice. Uh, so speaking of pre-registration, if someone wants yeah. to pre-register, where could they go to do that? Good call. Uh, anyone that's interested can go to the club website. Uh, that's N-D-I-N-D-Y, WarhammerClub.com. And all the information on how to sign up for those events and on the events themselves can be found there. Excellent. Also, if you want to read something funny, check out our club profiles. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, now I'm going to have to go check this out when the show's over. Yeah, they're, they're worth checking what is out. That? Uh, oh, Boaz Sorry. is in Vegas. That could be anything. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that wow. Could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Boaz is actually in Vegas Skyping with us right now. That's right. Oh, what happened in Vegas? Great, I have a great view. I'm just telling you. Okay. I, I, whatever that little vibrating buzzing noise was, I, I, I don't want to know. I withdraw the question. Don't. I have pictures of that, of that device with the gimp mask are running rampant. Yeah. Hey, it's Slanesh Fest. Right. Oh He's getting that, prepped. It's only a few weeks right. away. He's got to stretch out. It can't be unseen. Oh, oh, oh So let's uh, keep on moving. Let's so bring it back. That's two events. I'm going to okay. need therapy. So so tell us. The following one yep. after that is the one we're probably working with the the game store with. Um, I'm still working to set a date for that, but once we have it, that'll be on our website as well. Mm-hmm. Um, probably come back to talk about that with if you guys are okay with it. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. And then we'll also have the date for the final finale, the Zinch um, tournament. So... Um, keep you posted on those. But those will be updated on our website. And then also our website has a link to our forums, which uh, is going to have most the most up-to-date news by far. Fantastic. And like I said, folks, if you are interested in putting together your own sort of a circuit, you know, your, your, your uh, you know, tournament of tournaments mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. And putting together a, a cycle of tournaments to, to crown a grandmaster in your area, uh, go to the website or contact them. Guys, do you have any – is your contact information on the website if anyone wants to contact you guys? Yeah, if you jump on the page, there's a giant button on the main page that says contact us. Oh, there you go. It'll take you right to it. Um, so it's right – you'll look look for the dragon logo and it says contact us. Excellent. So. 
because I'm certain that this thing, if this, I've, I already know. I, I remember last time when Jeff was telling about it, people were contacting me. How do I get through to those guys? Because mm-hmm. that we'll have we'll have circuits all over the country. So there you that's go. Well, you the dream. Definitely putting India, in, Indianapolis on the Put map. India on the map. <laughs> Why not? Putting on the map well, in, in terms of the Warhammer scene. So yeah, it's great. Nice work. Yeah, we're trying right now to build a better gaming community. Like right now, the Game of Thrones campaign we've got going. It um it really emphasizes playing, uh, getting new players involved in the hobby. Mm. Um, we've had uh, players throughout the years who have kind of dropped off, and so it's reinvigorating them and bringing them back in. Um, players who play in tournaments and all that stuff, uh, but as well as players who don't necessarily like going to tournaments. Do you guys have those players in your area? Actually, we do quite a yeah, bit. Absolutely, yeah. The real hobby gamer who just refuses yeah. to go to a tournament. Yeah. Uh, maybe not refuses, but just uh, it's not higher on their priorities for whatever reason. Uh, and I can right. understand that. So well, we're trying to get them to come out and play, too. Yeah, yeah, we are. So that's where the Game of Thrones and the Circuit actually kind of have uh, their own... They both have their own uses, because one is meant to get all the players playing, and the other one is, you know, it's tournament prep for those of us who really enjoy going to tournaments and being competitive. So that if people want to come to Indy and get a good game in, you can get a good game in either way. Cool. Excellent. I like it. All right. Well, yeah. guys, thanks for coming on and telling people about this because this is this is really what I mean. I, like I said, I told Chris that we got to have these guys on to talk about this because this is this is really cool to me. This is really cool. It's it's campaign tournament. That's yeah, the, exactly. you know? yeah. It's, it's the perfect combination right. of both worlds. Yeah, it's it's what I love. So, uh, thank you guys for coming on. I know I did. I don't want to keep you guys too long because I know Ryan's got to get back to the slot machines. <laughs> Or, oh, he doesn't have or whatever, or whatever the fuzzy <laughs> noise was. My wife's out there somewhere. I need to go find her. Jeez! Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so maybe that buzzing thing was like the the the, I don't the, know. the call. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Oh God, he's wearing I'm a shock he has a collar. Ahead of him. Got the, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I can't get this stuff out of my head. <laughs> and on that note yes on that note please check out our website and uh, if you get a chance to come come game with us we'll have a great time and definitely contact us if you're interested in, in the uh, circuit annex or yeah if you're just looking to come to Indy and you're looking for a game that's a good way to find one excellent yeah, come and hang out H- have you guys tried our sweet corn <laughs> <laughs> on that note <laughs> wow Wow. <laughs> there, Jeff. Like you know everything good he just did? Yeah, you just brought it to a screeching right, halt. I'm going to pull Costanza. That's it. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, thank you so much for coming on, and we will have you back on at some point after Adepticon um, to let us know what happened in the March um, the March uh, set and uh, what's coming up in the May uh, tournament. Dave, thank you so much for having us on. Thanks for having us on, guys. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure, really. Hey, folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? 
Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. And seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. We are back. We, we are, are back, 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 back. All right. So on to the main topic of the show for the third time. Third time is the charm. So let's do it. It is. This will work. Uh, before we get to that, um, uh, our friend of the show, Ryan Taylor from Colorado, mm. has actually sponsored the next couple of shows. He didn't have a shout out per se. It was very nice. Yeah. Well, he Thanks, would like Ryan. us to talk about his tournament coming up, uh, the Lost Souls Tournament. You have to say it more grandiose. Lost the Lost Souls Tournament. Souls. <laughs> Come up out the water. Sorry. You lost me on that one. That's another song on YouTube from the guys who did the wonderful and soon-to-be-famous I'm the Best. Oh. I'm the Best. Gotcha. So, uh... So this is in Pagosa, Colorado. Am I saying yes, that right? I believe so. Okay. Pagosa, Colorado. It's in April. April 26th, 27th. End of April. Presented by Durango Dice Works and Game Space. Yeah. So he asked us to talk about it really quick. He's actually going to come on next episode and talk about it a little more. I just wanted to... There was a couple of interesting things I thought in here. Okay. So we got the basic rules. It's at 2,500 points, five rounds. Uh, that's correct. Uh, three color mi- minimum. He's doing WYSIWYG. GW models are required, but I think it says they're not are required. not required. Yeah, but not but an accurate representation of the models must be used. No proxy models. Right. Yeah. He says. Yeah. You know. He doesn't mind if you want to do a conversion, but don't bring your bring your buddy's tree man and say it's your your dragon. Right. Yeah. Um, there is an interesting thing in there that uh, you can apparently I think come with with an incomplete uh, you know an army that's not finished painting. You're not finished painting. Um, they won't make you pull unpainted models off the table, but if you play with unpainted models, you are automatically out of the running for best overall. Correct. Yeah, he does say armies do have to be painted to a minimum of three colors if they want to compete for best overall. Yes. So, so if you're not concerned about that, then well, it, uh, bring your work in progress. And I think what he was saying, and he's going to talk more about this when he comes on, is that yeah, yeah, if you're doing something in progress, you know, like you, you're not painting for a tournament, you're doing that, but you want to play it. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a newer player. I'd really right. like to try a tournament, but I'm still new to the game. I haven't finished painting my army yet. Sure. I'd still like to come and play. I mean, hell, Aaron came to bits with his high elf army that was still... Yeah, it was barely... It barely met the requirements. I can understand that, and it's kind of right. refreshing. Right. If you're if you're working like, on something... Like, he realized, then, he's like, yeah, I barely... Meet, I mean, he had three colors, but I mean, some of the stuff was still being sculpted and still being converted. Right. And he was just like, hey, listen... I'm I I'm coming to play. I have no no thoughts of coming to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. I'm coming because I want to have a good time with my friends, and as yep. long as nobody minds, that's what I'm bringing. No, I I do like that. Or if you're younger and you don't yeah. want to paint, then yeah. Now he is a he does allowing some things with his you know special characters and other stuff. Why don't you run down this list? Okay, so special characters will be allowed. 
There'll be no alteration to the standard army unit selection rules. Your composition is going to be player judged. Okay. We know how, you know, it's a potential hot button topic right there. If they're actually saying, how bad do you think this list was? If that's its own category, then that's that's okay. You know ahead of time. Right. That's your own category. its own category. They're using 8th edition rules. Uh, current army books mar- released prior to March 26, 2014. Dogs of War lists will be allowed using the Indie GT lists. So that's the one that they it's were talking about at Ocon. Right. This is the new book that has been released yes. recently. Chaos Dwarf armies will be allowed using the Tamarcon rules. And Warhammer Forge Rhinox riders will be allowed in Ogre Kingdoms and Dogs of War armies. So you can take them, but only as in the Ogre books or the Dogs of War book. You can take Rhinox riders. It's an interesting twist. I don't think ogres need it, but... There you go, Cranky. Head out to Colorado in April. If I don't see Cranky signed up to play in this tournament, then... I'm going to call Cranky out. Oh, yeah. You, that's, I think you have to. I think Cranky yeah. is going to be at this tournament, or else he can't complain that nobody allows Rhinox Riders, because when they do, he stays he home. He better, yeah. You know, if he doesn't show up, I'm going to leave voicemails for him. Rhinox Riders. <laughs> <laughs> Allowed at Lost Souls. Yeah, Lost Souls. <laughs> <laughs> or you can label him the Lost Soul for not showing up. Oh, I see what you did there. Like that angle, yeah, you know? look at you. Oh. So, listen, if you want any details on this real quick, it's LostSouls2014.com, by the way. And it's just LostSouls2014. There is another cool twist on this tournament, and then we're going to move along. Mm -hmm. It's 20 nil, and then the the secondary objectives are not like, you know, like you usually have them listed each tournament. Right. Get your guys over here, do this, do that. You're going to be given five objective cards. At the beginning of the tournament. What do those entail? Um, well, they have different things, and I don't know how much of this is already released to the public, so I don't want to say too much. Is this compact available for download on his website? I we did know? download that off of okay. Lost Souls so it's, 2014. So it's, it's, it's public information. Right? right. Well, I mean, the actual... I, oh, had, the, I emailed the, him because... Actual cards. Yeah, the actual objective cards, he didn't have them finished yet. Well, can you give us a sense for what they might be like? Right. Well, he sent them to me, so I'm assuming that they're, you know... But it's basically, you're going to get five of them. One of them, like, you know, kill the enemy general. Or, you know, get more standards than your opponent gets of your standards during the round. Okay. You're going to have five of these. At the beginning of the game, you pick one. Place that one, and that's your objective. Does so, your opponent know what it is? I don't know, and that we'll have to ask him when okay. we see him. Um, I did ask him, do you have to play one? Like, if I look across the table and say, oh, I can't do any of these. Right. Are you allowed? Because here's the thing. If you get your objective and you succeed, you get two extra battle points. Mm. If you fail, you lose one. I would think that you have to play one no matter what. He said you have to play yeah. one no matter what. There's no, okay, I won't get the two, but I'm not going to risk losing the one. Right, or for the whole tournament, I didn't play any because I didn't think I could, could get any. Yes. So he said like, no. Go for it. And you can't play the same one twice. So you, you got to you know, choose wisely. Mm-hmm. If you see an opportunity for one that you think might be tough later, you play it. So there's a, a little game within the game here. I like it. Uh, you know, it's, it's pivotal to find out if your opponent knows what those are or doesn't because... They could try to stop you, or they don't know what you're doing. Right. You know, it's, it's a nice twist on the game. You know, everybody's going to have the same five, but is it easy to guess what they've chosen, right. you know? I mean, the other thing is I could just, you know, if it's kill your enemy general, or, you know, then I, or, you know, mm. if it's something that's A, if, you know, character A has to do something here, you know, just avoid it or keep them from doing it. Right. 
But I thought it was an interesting little twist on just laying out a scenario and saying this is what you have to do for this scenario. It's like, well, these are the five things, and you have to do them over the course of the tournament. At some point, yeah. And he's using this in conjunction with modified BRB scenarios. Yes. So blood and glory, uh, fortitude, if if it's broken, you just can't use your general's inspiring presence. Or your your BSB. Hold your ground special rules. Yes. So there are penalties for... uh, for losing the game, but you don't lose the game automatically. And also, if you break your opponent, you get 500 more victory points. Mm. So you could conceivably both get 500 victory points because you could True. both break each other's True. fortitude. But I think once you're broken, losing the general and the BSB rerolls or uh, you know adjustments is big. Oh, yeah. It's huge. And then they have a modified sort of watchtower. It's at, at battle line is how it's listed. But then... Uh, in the middle, instead of it being a tower, mm-hmm. it's the haunted mansion from the mm, BRB. Yeah. So you can lose models if you're in it. So you're taking magical hits every turn. D6, yeah. strength four, I think it something is. Like something that, like that, yeah. And uh, being in it doesn't automatically win it to you. It earns you extra points again. Right. No, I like it. And the fact that it's 2,500 points, I find refreshing. I'm finding, you know, having varied choices in tournaments in terms of, like, list size, 3,000 points all the way down to, you know, 1,000 points or whatever. Yeah. Keeps it fresh. Yeah, I mean, we've been playing. I've been, yeah. In fact, right around here, the, our general circuit runs between two and three thousand. Because mm. I know Invasion Kenosha is running two. Yep. And Bits runs twenty four. Mm-hmm. Adepticon runs twenty four. They also have the big brawl, which is three three k. Screw, Screw City's three k. So yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a nice range. Plenty of, to of choose points. from. A yeah, plethora. Absolutely. But we'll talk to Ryan uh, more on the next episode. But uh, if you want to check it out, guys. LostSouls2014.com. All right, and on to our main topic. So here we go. Um, what, what will you do to win, David? What will you do to win? Now, Chris um, Chris doesn't do the show notes often, but when he does, it's thorough. I love your show notes. <laughs> nice. It's all, in, it's like, and it's, in, you know what? It's not only outlined, it's in proper outline format. Large number, <laughs> then the letters, then back well, to the numbers. You can think word for that formatting. <laughs> it's very, very nice. So this came up on our drive home from Wapaka. Yes. This is the third time we've talked about this, so <laughs> <laughs> should be polished. Yes. <laughs> we were talking to some participants at Wapaka, and there was uh, an event that had occurred between two veteran players. Right. Um, when the, And they hadn't played each other before, but when they started to set up, one started asking the other qu- kind of general basic questions about how do you deploy in this scenario and how does that work and very basic type questions. Yeah, like almost odd questions for someone that should know how to play. I mean, there plays a lot of times at the top tables, plays mm. a lot of Warhammer, knows what he's doing. So the the person uh, at the receiving end of the question, you know, asks, you know, are are you asking these questions to gauge to kind of feel me out? No, he didn't ask him this until after the game after was the over. Game, right. They went and had a beer, mm. and he said, "You know, those are you were asking me funny questions. I think you were trying to feel me out and test my knowledge of the rules. You know, mm-hmm. was that the case?" And uh, that pl- that person said, "You know, yeah, it was. I'm trying to t- see, uh, you know, how experienced a player you are, and when I know that, then I'm gonna. That's how. I, then I'm gonna gauge my." level of play how far to push the pedal to the metal if right. i'm playing against someone who's uh, knows as much as me i pedal give it everything if i'm playing someone who's new who's inexperienced who might not know the rules you know you only got to win by a few hundred at least 
take the foot off the pedal, give them a good game, let them feel like they're having a fun. Mm. Don't just smash their doors in. You know, I know I can win this. Let them feel like they're at least have a chance, so right. at least everyone's enjoying the game. So that I don't know about you, but that thought, that kind of thought process, had never occurred to me. <laughs> me neither. So I mean, I, I found it very interesting. Um, so I figured you and I could talk a little bit about that and kind of the evolution of people as they play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're exposed and start playing more competitive games, you know, how does it change their outlook, if at all? So kind of delve into that, kind of the psyche. Right, because, I mean, the, the whole thing is that, because this brought up a whole question of, is that shady? And, mm. you know, I mean, it, it, it wasn't necessarily, if you take the person at their word, they're just trying to make sure their opponent has a good time. You know, right? But I could, you know, you could say a less scrupulous player could be like this person doesn't know what they're doing. I can get away with murder at the same point, possibly. Yeah. And there's also the question of, um, and somebody else said this. It might have been you. We were. T- I mean, might have been the second time we were recording this. Is are you are you doing that to milk soft scores? Are you doing it actually to to do to get yourself in a better standing? Mm. Because if I'm playing against you and you're the new guy and I want you to have a fun game, well, right. I want to make sure you have a fun game. I would like, you know, hey, I'm the good sport. I'll buy sure. you a beer. Oh, yeah, of course, the politicking enters are the you, picture. Are you, and, you know, and I don't know the person. I really don't know the person that well that this that this that they're talking about. And obviously, we're not naming names because we're not trying to call anybody sure, out. Right? Seems like a nice enough person to me, but I mean, this could be construed by some people as a little shady. Well, I think it's it's all about intent. You know, what are you trying to do? And I'm sure I've been exposed to a lot of this stuff at tournaments and not even known that it's going on. You know what I mean? Well, the thing that made us actually question, I think, whether or not it was a little shady was, and we brought this up, was both of these players knew each other. But they had never played each other. They'd never played each other. However, I think that... Uh, I think the player who got questioned was like, you know, he knew me. He knew who I was. Oh, right. He know I. He knows I play a lot. He knows I'm not a noob. Mm. So why would he be feeling me out to see if I'm a noob if he needs to take his foot off the pedal? Which is what led to, I think that question made us all go, huh. And then we started sitting around thinking about, well, what's, you know, why would you do that right, then? Right, right. And that's kind of brought around this whole topic. Now, You've taken it to quite a level here, listing out the different types of players and running through the yeah. So the, I, the range. We'll talk about would. the spectrum of players. It's very general, very broad. I'm sure you know we've missed some. Um, it's just kind of painting the picture in broad strokes. So I figured we'd start off with the new players, whether you're new to the game or new to the army. Right. You know, right there, it's an important um, point because it's an immediate crossroads. You know, what are these new players deciding to take? Right. How are they basing their decisions? Are they playing an army because it looks cool or because they know it's going to win? Now, I know there are a couple younger guys that um, started playing the game semi-recently who are asking you that very question. One yeah. that I think picked up Tomb Kings and the other one that picked up Lizardmen. Is that right? Was it, oh, uh, was it Mikey and his brother? I think so. I think they're former Ogres. students of yours. Ogres, Ogres. and Lizardmen. Okay. Yeah. Did one of them ask you, well, what's what's good? What wins? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, that, yeah, what, what army should I pick? What army should I pick that's going to give me the best chance of winning? There you go. And uh, he picked ogres. And he actually picked ogres without my saying pick ogres. You know, he just, he liked the look of them. He liked the models. And he's like, these guys look like they're pretty tough. What did you tell him when you asked him, when he asked you, what should I pick to win? When he asked me, was, what it, was I it ogres? To, but Mikey had already 
I mean, oh, he already picked them by the way. I think he already had his. He was looking at them. He liked them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, they're pretty good. You can yeah. you can stick with them then. Um, but I, you know, I talked to him. I talked to him about play style and things like that. You know, right. you're gonna have to paint these. It's gonna be your play style. His brother was very different. His brother's like, I like dinosaurs. Right. I'm playing lizardmen. I I think they're the coolest models out there. That's mm-hmm. what I want to play. And it was okay. really funny because one was like, "What can I win?" And he did. Now his brother did ask me, "Can I win with these?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, you can win with these." There. In fact, at the time, it was still. I mean, the new book wasn't even close to coming out the yet. Lizard it Man. wasn't even announced. Yeah. The new Lizardman book, so they still had the. Oh, they were. I think we can all agree they were much better before, stronger. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, oh, these are these are both top armies. You guys will do well with these. So, hmm. so starting there, the next part of the spectrum would be your story-driven slash fluff players. They like to bring their favorite units based on aesthetics, fluff, suboptimal power level, as it may be, uh, despite their actual performance in the game. Now, this can include things like your all-night goblin army. Certain players may play, you know, a theme no-gunpowder dwarf army. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No-magic type armies or even the all-shooting gun line. The all-shooting gun line. Although that's kind of its own... The no, Class. the no black powder. Ar- that was my army. That was, was my it? that was my core comp army. That's why you put that in. That there. is, I did put that in there for you. But that's exactly. It. I mean, it was a story driven uh, fluff army, and in fact, you won for best fluff. I won second place, fluffy bunny. Second place. Okay. I lost to I lost to Marty Gasca, who had oh the Candyland Bretonian army. I yes, think it was. yeah. But I thought the Candyland was pretty cool. But yeah, I took yeah. the second because. Uh, and I wrote the whole backstory. I came up with the idea. I thought we were supposed to take it said have the fluff and stuff, and I thought they meant you know soft lists. Mm-hmm. So I just, well soft and fluffy are two different things, right? Well, I thought originally when <laughs> they said sound like a pillow commercial. Well, they said <laughs> it said to you know it said you know you had to have a backstory, and it said stuff about fluff fluffy lists, mm-hmm. and then there was a picture that said don't bring a beat stick. And so I just equated the two together, saying, mm-hmm. oh, it's fluffy and soft. So I had no cannons, nothing with black powder, no thunderers. Right. Uh, I don't think I had any I – I might, I might not have had any quarrelers either. I really got, I got to the – there's the whole point in the story where I wrote it, how it's just right. – as his madness progressed, it's like if you're not willing to face them, axe to shield, then you're not a real dwarf. I think they were. You should have had, I don't know if you had any Slayers, but that's the perfect, I think, fluff setup for Slayer units in that army. I should have put some Slayers in it. That was the one thing that was missing. Hmm. Well, you could do another theme army with your new dwarves. Oh, now I'm going to be doing something. I got lots of them. <laughs> so, so that's the second group. So we, we have the new players. We have the story-driven fluff players. Third part would be the competitive player who picks only the most effective units for winning games. And there's a couple of there's a couple of ranges in here because I think there's some people who pick effective. I make the whole list effective except for my one pet choice, which just falls a little bit closer to that themey army. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were just talking about. Or I like, think like a coven throne. Like yeah, right. You know, I, I took the a hard, dragon mage that sort yeah, of thing. I yep. took the rest of my list. I took hard, but I want to take this. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily that fluff themey list we were just talking about, like the all night goblins or the mm-hmm. no black powder things. This is, I love this damn model. It's coming with me. I'm going to make the rest of the list as hard as I can and build around it Mm -hmm. to support it. I I think that is one uh, shade of it. Right. And then it can get, okay, now I'm just taking min-max 
choices. Yeah. Okay. The, the, yeah. With the goal of, of winning. I don't care about right. the, the fluff or how well these units work. Story-wise, together, it's just about winning the game. I don't care that there's only 10 steam tanks in the Empire. Two of them are in my list right here. Right. Or... I, Orcs and goblins, they should be fighting. They don't shoot. Eh, I'm going to take the gun line. <laughs> the nine war machines. So that's your competitive player. Then the next one is the win-at-all-costs player. This is that guy, you know, the whack player. Uh, he's the slow player when it suits him. Now this goes beyond writing lists. This goes into... Uh, it, but it entails writing lists. It starts there. But once they get to the tournament, they'll slow play you to their advantage. They'll rush you when it's to their advantage. So in case anyone doesn't quite know what we're talking about... You had brought it up because at Wapaka, I I got only through five turns twice. Right. It's it's very germane to your case as a player because you play Vampire Counts, and Vampire Counts typically earn all their points back at the end of the game because you know they're marching forward. They don't move all that fast. Once you engage combat and start raising stuff back up, that's where you get your points back. Right. So there are some armies, like shooting armies, that gain all their points in the beginning. So... If you're facing a gun line and he shoots you up and he's ahead on points, then he'll start to slow down the game in hopes that the game will not get to far enough for you to start getting points back. Takes 10 or 15 minutes to do their magic phase because they're looking at each spell yeah, real they'll, closely. They'll look up rules to confirm things that really any player really should, should know, any tournament player should know, or they'll go to the bathroom or you know take a smoke break during the game. These sorts of things to really bog the game down so you don't get your full six turns in. Now, you got dinged a point because you didn't finish your six full turns. Did that bother you or your opponent at all? Um, well, it's it's individual, and you can you can you can get away with not finishing one game. Once you hit a second game, if they notice a trend, that's when they yeah, start. Yeah, and it was you. it was my last game. It was my third game and my last game. That no, my second game and my last game at Wallpack. Mm-hmm. I only got in five turns. Through no fault of our own. I mean, we played as quickly as we could. We did, you know, we played the battle out. We did as well as we could. You know, that last turn, if we would have played a little faster, we probably could have got the last turn. But the last turn was not deciding anything for either of us. The game had pretty much gone the way it was going to go. In Um, general, in principle, does it bother you if you don't finish a full six turns in a tournament? It does. I actually kind of, with, with especially with my vampire list and the grow list and the putting all the models back and stuff like that, I find that I do have to really kind of push to finish mm. in that time frame. Yeah. So I try to play as quickly as I can. Um, my problem is I try to play fast and sometimes I get sloppy. Yeah. Well, I, I think in that case you have to you have to play a lot to practice in order to yes find out where you can save some time. Yeah, and that's yeah. So, yeah, that slow playing is, is one thing. Um, you know, we've all heard of the Ninja Dicer, picker-upper. Yeah. He picks up all the hits. He's picking up his hits instead of his misses, which right. then you could accidentally pick up a miss. but And then you roll those dice. Gonna, yeah. And, yeah. And they don't do it so quickly that you don't have time to see it, much less challenge yeah. it. I, like I said, Christopher actually asked a guy he was playing with, hey, could you pick up your misses instead? And the guy's like, why? He's like, because if you accidentally pick up a hit, it's to your... Detriment, and you're the one doing it, you know? Right. But Although, those are the guys that like to play fast, because you're saving time by picking up the hits and just rolling those dice. So, I don't know, maybe if you wanted to try it to save time as a VC player, maybe you try doing that? I don't know. Just it thought. doesn't take me that much. I pick out the misses, and then I just scoop up what's sitting there. I mean, right. the, the, the scoop-up time, that second and a half, <laughs> it saves me. Adds up. You could save six seconds. <laughs> I might even save two minutes. That's not enough right. to have a sixth turn. Right. 
you know, as a corollary to this, there are the players that, you know, you're, you have the dice like the Grishammer dice. The symbol is the six. Players, I suppose if you have the symbol that's on the one, that's fine, although it's rare. Uh, if the, the the players that mix both, yeah, that should not happen. Yeah, I, when I bought my pod hammer dice when they first came out, I've got them. He put all the pod hammers on the pod ones. Who? Exactly. <laughs> you haven't seen those dice in a long time, have you? Um, but they were all on the ones, and everybody else put them on the sixes. Mm-hmm. So once I started playing, and I had other dice with stuff on the sixes, right? I, I had to pull them out. I had to, you know, I stopped using them. It's like, sorry, I yeah. don't use these dice anymore. Why? Because all my dice have the pictures on the sixes. Mm-hmm. If you see any sort of an image that's not pips, it's a six. Right. Don't need any confusion. That's it. Reducing the confusion. Don't want to be called a cheetah. Uh, the next one is, uh, you know, bullying. And this, I think, is uh, me telling you what the rule is. Trust me. It works like this. Let's keep playing. You know, that yeah. sort of thing. Someone, yeah. They, oh, it's like they act like they don't want to be wasting time. Oh, we got to get our turns done. Right. So, and I think you were in a situation where you played a game where someone told you, "Yeah, it works like this," and you thought, "No, I'm pretty sure it doesn't work like that." But, and yeah, basically they were just like, "No, no, it is. I do this all the time." And it was almost to where like, "Hey, look, can we look that up?" And we were, it was, it was, we were running a little late in the game. Yeah. It basically, you know, I, I, I was, you know, it was one of these, what do you call me, a liar, almost type things, right? Yeah, and it was a bit of bullying, and I was just like, "Okay, dude, take it. You know, that's that's fine." I. If we're that, you know, you don't, you didn't want to escalate it to, to that level, so you, you didn't challenge him then. Nah, I mean, maybe I would now. If this is a while ago, mm. and it's just you know, is is it not because it's not worth it? If you're if you're gonna if you're that insistent, if you're gonna be that guy, and then maybe he honestly felt he was just right. I mean, mm. maybe he felt like I was calling him a liar. Maybe I mean, I try to be pretty damn polite to people. I am, you know me, I'm a peacemaker. Pretty damn polite. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. But I am the peacemaker. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not the guy who's going to try to start a fight with people for right. no good reason. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, I was, okay, maybe, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe that's it. Let's assume that he knew he wasn't right. Let's assume that you got one of these guys, because we've seen this before, too, and this is where it gets into that weird area. And I think that's kind of what we're drifting toward is what type mm-hmm. of players... Once you start drifting into this area of slow playing and doing these things mm. which are considered, I guess we could call it shady, mm. um, and this has been brought up several different times, you know, if there's a rule and you know it plays one way, you know this is how it is, but then maybe you pretend you don't know that it's played that way or you're not certain or you say, mm. is this is this way? Or if you try to play it a different oh, I thought it was this way. Or if you you test this again, you test your opponent. Uh-huh. I'm going to test his mastery of the rules and and play incorrectly this way to see if he catches me. Yeah, all of that falls under the white tech book as cheating, flat out cheating. If you know a rule works A, mm. and you play it B, knowing that that's not the way it works. What about uh, not giving up information? What do you mean? Like, um, I'm running a Nurgle army with the Tally Man, and I have him in a unit of uh, Plague Bearers. Okay. Uh, my opponent doesn't know that he can shoot me with, uh, you know, a Grudge Thrower, and the Tally Man will not get a lookout, sir. And do I reveal that, or do I, do I not reveal that? Is it is it sporting of me to reveal it? Is it sporting? Sure. Do you have to? No. 
But it's it's not cheating if you don't. Well, no, because your opponent needs to know the basic rules of the game. That guy's not the mm. same thing. You know, if he asks me, hey, is he the same unit? But isn't that what we're talking about, knowing the, the rules of the game? If if you don't reveal something, isn't that, isn't that uh, akin to... Not telling you how to beat my list is not the same as me playing a rule wrong. Me not telling you... Not, let, okay, if you shoot... But, but it is. It's, you, it's all about knowledge. No, you, you drop a grudge thrower on him, and I try to take a lookout, sir, for the tally man when he's not supposed to get one. Mm, yeah. That's cheating. Me not telling you, hey, you should drop the rock on this unit right, and wipe right. me out because I don't get a look at it. That's not, not saying gotcha. that isn't okay. cheat. You know what I'm saying? Yep. There's a definite difference there. Right. Um, if I were in a tournament and I wanted to win, I'm not giving away, I'm not, you know, you're... You're not giving away the key to victory. Right. I mean, if we're playing friendly games, that's one thing. But yeah, at a tournament, I mean, you expect people come with a decent knowledge of the rules. I suppose. There was one game at, at Wapak I had played where a guy I think was debating what to shoot his Iron Blaster at. Okay. And he was kind of hemming and hawing, and I'm like, yeah, you should sh- you should shoot the Doom Diver. And uh, there was a guy watching the game who looked at me like, what are you, crazy? Why would you say that? I'm like, well, it's the obvious choice. It is the obvious choice. Right, yeah, and if you think it's that obvious and you want to tell them, that's, that's totally cool. Some players will, some players won't. Mm. I, I mean, that's... That's fair enough if that's what you want to do. Hmm. Um, so what? that's the opposite of bullying. Giving yeah. friendly advice is the extreme opposite of, of the bullying. Uh, exact part. opposite of the bullying. And like I said, I only brought it up because I'm saying t- if, if you knowingly play a rule wrong or knowingly leave something out that, you, that you're supposed to mm-hmm. do, right, then that's cheating. Not telling my opponent. You know, I mean, I've played. I remember I was playing. I think it was. I might have been against Dale Bars, and he's like... He's trying to decide who to shoot his iron blaster at. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, well, should I shoot at this unit or should I shoot at them? And I'm like, we well, shoot at the general. And I'm playing a guy who knows, my, mm-hmm. he knows what happens when you shoot the vampire general. He's like, yeah, I could shoot the general. And I was like, you'll get your lookout, sir. And he goes, and if you fail, and if I fail at you in the game, he's like, yeah, but do I want to win the game just killing one character because that's, your, you know what I'm saying? He yeah. knew the rules. He actually said, do I want to actually just shoot at the guy and go for the quick win, or do I want to play the game? And at that point, I looked at him and said, well, shoot the guy. Like, he already knew that that was the best move. So let me ask you, when you were having that discussion, did mm-hmm. you think, I like this discussion, this is a fun game, and the, the fact that he was willing to share what he was thinking, I like that. I'm going I'm to grade him good sportsmanship. Did that enter at all in your thought process? Or are you just like, oh, no, we were just, it's he more just, matter of fact. We were just thinking out loud. We were just playing together. Hold on one second. So so I, I think that's all that could be said about bullying. You know, another uh, tactic is playing with different li- different armies than your actual list. What do you mean by that? So you could show up to a tournament and uh, your your army, you know, is on the table, but it's different from your list. Like... Units could be different, upgraded differently, or magic items will be different. So what you've submitted to the TO is not what you're playing on the table. Is, that, if fact, you, is that one of those things where you, if, if, I'm assuming this is only in a tournament that you have to submit your list ahead of time? Yeah, obviously, yeah. So you submit your list, and then you just bring what you want, assuming that nobody's going to double-check. Correct. Because you're just handing it to the players. Right. Not to the... Or or you hand the player... The, you. They hand the player the correct list, but it's not what they used during the game. True, but so, if a player catches that, 
Right, then they you, can call him out. Yeah, you can call him out, and it's basically a... So I suppose if you're going to do that, then you play... You, you give them the list that you played, and even though that differs from the list that was submitted to the TO. Now, you can vary that, and game by game, use a different, slightly different army and tailor what you're using <laughs> to, against your opponent. Yeah, but that that that's getting to some serious shady nonsense. That that it has happened. It yeah. has it has happened. the uh, The last s- kind of subsection of this would be you know players uh, applying peer pressure, their group applying peer pressure in order to affect certain scores. Now there was an Adepticon some years back where someone I knew was um, was scoring and collecting score sheets, and they noticed that uh, two players had submitted score sheets where one one player was a veteran player, another one was relatively new. The new player's sportsmanship scores was had originally been something very low uh-huh. and was scratched off and was then changed to something very high. Now that raised an eyebrow with the judge because what sportsmanship scores goes from like a zero, very t- you know terrible, all the way to you know best friend. Right. So right. he right. he found that player and pulled him aside and said, you know, I noticed your sports scores. Can you tell me what happened? Did this person or his friends? apply some pressure to you or say anything to you? And he said, yeah. You know, all of his friends, after I marked my sportsmanship score for him, they came over to me, came over to me and said, you know, really? He's actually a really good guy. I, you know, it might, that's kind of a... You might want to reevaluate your sports score. So that's why he changed it. I would have reacted so poorly to that. And I, I, like I said, I am a guy who I put up with a lot. I am the peacemaker. Mm. If you came up and looked over my shoulder and started commenting on how I graded somebody else in the game and how they played, and started telling me I need to give him a better score, especially if you're from his club, right? I would have reacted very poorly. And now to that. you would because you've you've had your fair share of tournaments. But if you were new to the scene or maybe younger, you know what I mean. I can see how yeah, so I some can, people might buckle to that pressure. Oh, this person I, did. Oh, and I'm not saying that they wouldn't. I mean, especially if you're a younger and a newer player, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the jerk on the scene, right? You know, and they make you feel that way, and, yeah. yeah. And then you don't, yeah. So, I I hope that I wonder if the tournament or if the TO actually went to him and said, you know, did you did you? I hope he offered him a chance to change it back. I think he did offer him a chance, and I think ultimately he did. But just the fact that they went through, I mean, that TO took it upon himself when he noticed that that strange kind of blip on the radar to go and find that person and, and ask him about it. Yeah. If he didn't, then the scores would have been submitted as was. Right, and I'm, I wonder if any if if anyone talked to the other team, the players. Oh, I, I I would like to think so. I don't. know. I would hope so, though. I mean, I you know, if that's, I'm, that's if I'm running a tournament and I, I find out that teammates are talking to other teammates' right. opponents and saying to go to score. Oh, well, it, it has happened. Teams will submarine and torpedo someone's sports score that their teammate is playing against. They'll torpedo that guy's sports score, yeah. to bring him down so that someone else in the group can pull ahead you know it, it happens I mean, it happens there's there's people who play shady all the time and i guess that's kind of where we're hitting with this with this range here is you got from someone who just comes just they're there to have a good time mm. have fun um sometimes even the, the, the people who come there planning to play at the bottom tables but but they've painted this brilliant army and they want to they're competing for sports and for painting right only you yeah. know I know none of these units are any good, but damn, do they look good together on this table it's my painted favorite. this way. Right, exactly. Sure. And so you, we, we've, you've, you've laid out nicely here a range. So uh, where do you fall in this? Well, I started playing as, you know, uh, High Elves back in 6th edition, based purely on aesthetic and the idea of, of elves, etc. 
And at that time, I, although I didn't know it, and that maybe I did, but I didn't care, is that they were vastly underpowered. You know, Skaven were king of the hill at that time, and my buddy who started playing with me picked up Skaven, and he, okay. just, he just kicked my teeth in every week on a regular basis. And, you know, it was disheartening. I was like, oh, am I just that bad at this game? Do I want to keep on playing? Uh, well, I'm certainly glad you did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I did keep on playing, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to focus on paint, uh, you know, p- giving my opponents a good game, and the wins will eventually come. Um, we eventually started playing other people, ast- attending tournaments. Yep. And, you know, I got that exposure to other armies and other people, and the variety, playing non-Skaven, I think, was uh, definitely what the doctor ordered. Variety is amazingly... Helpful because I tell you I've just played Christopher forever. I mean, this is before even Harrison was allowed to play. When we were still telling him, learn how to count up and add up your own lists and right. read your own army books, and you can play. And it was dwarfs and high, or dwarfs and dark elves, dwarfs and dark elves. I remember going to my first tournament and seeing. I'm like the actually I had to miss the one at UGG, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sad I missed. It. I'm like, there was like two or three dark elves. I'm like, I could have dominated that whole mm-hmm. place. And then I went to the next one, and, man, I got one point the whole damn tournament. Uh, but I went in there thinking. That you knew it all. Because I'd played against, I'm like, oh, I could beat these Dark Elves. And I was just yeah. playing Christopher's Dark Elves. He's playing as casually as I am. Right. You know, I'm like, a lot of people, there were Dark Elves. Oh, dwarves, I've beat them all up. And then I went to my first tournament and got schooled. Well, that's, that's a scary uh, transition, going from just, you know, casual, purely casual play to your first mm-hmm. tournament. Oh, yeah. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah. Are you playing correctly? You know, what do they think about my moves and my tactics? You know, what's my opponent going to think? Yeah, so I, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. The, the first tournament I went to, I was petrified. So, yeah, after, you know, getting murdered by the Skaven for so long, I, I wanted to become a better overall tournament performer. Okay. You know, so I talked to Alex and th- talked about uh, how do I play better, you know, list selection, etc. And I went from about, you know, the middle section, the upper 40%, maybe 50 percentile in tournaments to around, you know, the upper 20% or so. Nice. Uh, so, where I am now, you know, I I think of myself as a competitive player who picks those effective units to win, not necessarily a min max, and you know I probably lean on my list builds to help me win those games. Because let's let's face it, I don't think my generalship skills if they if I had them, you know, yeah, win Adepticon or whatever, but uh, hasn't been there. So I rely on my lists, I think, to carry me a little bit. Oh, I'm going to say you're a great general because you've been winning more uh, often than losing against me. And if it's just your list, then I'm feeling then I'm annoyed. <laughs> well, you know, all goblin. I'll take all goblin next time against him. <laughs> 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 uh, but I, I possibly go back to being a bit story driven. You know, with the heavy conversion high elves, etc. Uh, just find it more fun to work on those models and ultimately more satisfying gaming experience. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, so what about you? Where did you start, and where are you now? <laughs> I started in taking just whatever. I mean, I was kitchen sinking my list and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would take whatever when I would play. Everything. Whatever I liked. Whatever sounded cool to me, that's what I played. Um, I never got to that taking the hard list thing. You know, we've, we I don't know if we've talked about this, and it, that's the part we lost, but... That's the coat that I keep on referring to, the competitive yes. coat that you should try on. Yes. And we've talked, yeah, this is on the last one. I don't think this made. Folks, if after the commercial break we come back to wrap up, that 
part was already recorded last week. Right. So we're hoping that we don't miss anything, so we don't reference stuff we never actually said. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're hoping we're not repeating ourselves. But yeah, I, you know, it's it's weird. I've, I've, I guess, and one of the things that we came to realize is that I seem to be equating taking a really hard list with being a jackhole player. Um, and I think we came to the conclusion. You know what? A lot of jackhole players take min max hard lists, mm-hmm. but not everybody who takes a min max hard list is a jackhole player. That's correct. That's absolutely it's, right. It's, it's not a two way. You know, it's not necessarily. Yeah. And I just, I've I've always sort of steered away from that because the people that I see on those top tables with those you, show, lists, you associate that stigma with yeah with those hard lists. And so, and plus, I just like to take what I want. I think I I'm much I would be much more satisfied coming in. Really high and maybe not winning, mm. playing it on my terms with my type of list, mm-hmm. you know, then going and just saying, this isn't my play style, but these are the best models in this book, and I'm just... For the longest time, I grappled with that very same idea. Like, I want to play what I want to play, and if I play well enough, then I'm going to win the game. But there have been a lot of times where I do show up with what I want, but then I get totally destroyed... And leave that tournament uh, very disheartened. Yeah, and that has happened to me. And that was what brought up the question was, hey, maybe I should just take hard as nails. And you're still saying that that is a coat I should put on. Find because something. you've never put it on. That's why I say that. I'll have to find, I'll have to, you know, part of it I have to find a list I'm comfortable playing. I think that mm-hmm. right now with the VC, the ex- the accepted net list, the best lists and right. stuff, I'd have to play that list a lot to get good at it because that's not my play style. Well, forget net lists. If you look at the book kind of in a silo and pick not what you th- what you like because it looks cool or whatever, but what you think is the best choice because it works, mm-hmm. I would challenge you to build that that list outside, you know, separate from what the net says and see what you come up with and, and then try it. Pedal to the metal in that respect, not for aesthetics or story, but for winning. And I kind of did that, uh, what was it, at Adepticon last year. I came in in the top 25, 20, 25%. Yeah, you came up several spots ahead of me. I think I was 25th. I think I actually might have come in. 25th like, overall? I think I was. Or not at bad. least If not, then I was in. The, I was either 25th overall or 25%. But still, I came in a little above you. Mm. And that was still a list that I took that I thought was a good list, but it's still, I mean, other people are still commenting on how I could make it better. It's still Tighten not hard it up, as sure. nails. It's always a work in progress. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's Maybe I should. I keep saying I should, but I don't. What's holding you back? I don't I, know. I think is, I wonder. And Part of it is I think if I take the list that's supposed to be the unbeatable list and I lose, then I'm going to feel like a real idiot. Well, yeah, that's the fear. <laughs> but, I, you know, through practice and stuff, you know, I think you'll, it'll come around. Yeah. You know, I played uh, four games this past weekend with what I thought was a super tough, airtight list. I played Warriors twice, Ogres once, and the new Dwarves once. So four games. I lost them all and drew against the Dwarves. Okay. So, and I'm like, oh. But it was it was very fun. Um, against uh, Two games against Alex Gonzalez and the other two against Chris Walker, two of the local players around here. And, but um, you were just racking them up on Saturday. Yeah, racking up the losses. Still, four <laughs> games of Warhammer in a day. I well, mean, they, I mean, it's quite a drive for them to come up to my place. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, I've got to make it worthwhile. Yeah, I just, I just, I still have to find that list. I have to find that army and that list that I feel 
And even when you do, it's going to take some practice. Because after getting whipped all four games, I thought, oh, well, the list is good. It's it's sound. I just I need to practice with it. I have to get my matchups correct when we deploy and my charging timing correct because that's where I lost all those games. Hmm. So then the, a, a good list will not make you a good player. I think a good player maximizes a good list and can probably make a subpar list still work. Oh, sure. Look at... Uh Mickey Gerald. I mean, he yeah, he wins. He wins with whatever he takes. He's like Rain Man type. <laughs> yeah, type play. They call him the People's Champion for a reason. But mm. so yeah, I mean, hey, let me ask you something. Have you ever played a game tournament or friendly or wherever where you play the game and you're you're in the zone? You know what you want to do. You execute, and it's flawless. Have you ever had a game like that? I might have. I mean, but you it, don't know. Yeah, if you don't know, then you, you probably haven't. Had haven't. It yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, no, I guess not. I mean, I've had one such. I've had two such games. Okay. One against uh, Jake Murphy at uh, Mary Mayhem years ago against his Bretonians and my Hiles, and I deployed exactly where I wanted to and executed the game, and that was one of my personal best games of Warhammer ever because I, pl- I felt like I played a near mistake-free game. Another one was against Alex. Nikotenko? Yeah. Okay. It was a, it was a techless build with Lore of Shadow against his vampires. I deployed way on one flank and so he was kind of spread out and he couldn't bring his units around in time to bear to pressure me because I was, I was applying pinpoint pressure way on one flank. And yeah, I... I Another you know mistake-free game where from deployment I was telling him we are playing this way. You have to react to me, and even after he said you know that was one of the best games of Warhammer I've ever seen you play, and I'm like oh yes I, I reached that Zen moment. But they're nice. so far that was like four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm hunting for that Zen moment again. But so those are those are our different player types. Now, where am I now? I guess because we kind of sort of went all over the track mm, right. here. Yeah, sorry. I've never got up to win at all costs. I just do uh, it. I don't care. I I know you don't, but I think in this journey that is Warhammer, if you try it, no, I'm not saying. I mean, I'll never be win at all costs. I mean, I will. No, 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 I will right. go to taking a harder list. I, I'll try it at some point. At some point, I'll take a, a I'll take a really tough list and just see what I can. You should, but don't, if you lose with it, don't get disheartened. Oh, right. it's going to happen. Oh no, I'm going to just because you have yeah. a, just because you have the list doesn't mean that's the road to right. I think I'm somewhere I'm somewhere near you on the scale because I think you said that you're the competitive player who goes mostly with the most effective list, but you take a few. You know, you 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 lean I on your list. I may take suboptimal choices. You I like my take, dragon mage. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sort of there at the same time. I'm sort of in that that uh, that zone of I you know I'm going to take what I want. I will do my best to optimize around it. Sure, but I don't take an optimized list with a few subpar choices. I take I want to take these things because I think these things are cool. I like to play these things, and so I will do my best to build up a list that supports those things. Right. But you know, a lot of times it's it's not going to be that it's not going to be that awesome hard list. So that's kind of where I'm at. I am far more interested in in the fun aspect of it. You know, like for our campaign, one of the things I'm going to try to do is take everything in the book, with the exception of special characters, because you have to have a 
Right. We have to name our general for the for the campaign. So, but I'm going to try to take everything that's available in the book at least once, just to give everything a try. You know, Rangers, all the different options. Just take everything I can. Just run it, yeah, because you can. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the flavor of the game, right? And this way, I'll have a little experience playing with all sorts of different stuff. Um, that's that's the way I like to do it. I still want to find a way to make the Coven Throne work. I still think it's a fun item. I like it. It's not I really bad. Do. I played a game, uh, yeah, and that thing just wreaked havoc on my Savage Orcs. The one where they attack themselves. Yeah, if Ugh. you can get, and that was the thing. I kept going with it, even at bits. I took it, and every time I got it into combat. It never failed. I never rolled better than a two on that oh. that, that roll where you, you roll, roll a d six. Yeah, Oof. you you each roll a d six and add it to your leadership, and how much I beat you by is what right. it does. Like I never got past like the first one. Like I never oh. managed to get that. You're all totally screwed, and you attack yourselves, and it counts for combat res, and your attack's done for yeah. the round. That's I never got that, and that's the one you need. Right. I mean, that's the whole. That's. You know that's the payoff is to you get know, that once in a while. I, you know, I would save that build for those tournaments that allow a, a reroll. That's tailor made for that sort of situation. Yeah, that's true. So, just not against me. <laughs> okay. So, so should we take a break? We come back and talk yeah, about. Yeah, uh, I think that's where we're at, and then we'll come back and just kind of talk about uh, being exposed to the sort of competitive play and uh, do we like where it's headed, etc. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll be back. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. Welcome back to the Garage U Tools. Hey, hey. Finishing up this uh, how to be a winning player. Discussion on being a winner. So, um, how far will you go to be a winner? Well, that's that is a the question. good question. I think a lot of it depends on where you fall in that spectrum and, and where, you're, where you think you're headed. Um, you know, I've dipped my toe into the, that win, of, win at all costs type of play. Uh, you know, through. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I've seen a lot of it at, at certain tournaments, for better or for worse. I, I've tried to put myself in the what I think, you know, truly hardcore competitive gamers, what their tendencies are and their trains of thought. Okay. I've tried to put myself into that, but I, I don't know. I just I just don't see myself playing in that vein. Okay. You know, whether it's arguing at the top table or certain certain of these other kind of tactics, quote-unquote, that 
win at all cost players might employ. Okay, I just, I, it just doesn't seem like my the the, the way that w- my Warhammer games, you know, that I want to play, my style of play. I get that. Is it is it worth it? Uh, so, it, it, is it okay to resorting that sort of behavior to win? You know, it's well, for yeah. me. It's it's probably not. You know, for you, I can't answer on your behalf, but people out there will have to ask themselves of that question. And at the same time, is there a glass ceiling that comes with uh, having to maintain your integrity? Like, if you're not if you're not willing to cut corners to get that win, does that limit then how far you can go in the rankings or in tournament performances, etc.? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Because if people out there are using those tactics to get ahead, but you know you're choosing not to, will they always be ahead as a result? These are these are some hard questions. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, do people care or should they care? I mean, I'd like to think that that type of play is not really going to be rewarded, you know, in the long run. But from what I've seen, uh, you know, it's not punished. Oh, and that very oh, harshly. Okay, and that that becomes a, another question, though, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, is this? I mean, is this where we're going with this? I'm just questioning, like, how far you're willing to go to win? Right. Are we so? What What are we? I mean, are, what are we talking about? Well, I mean, okay. So for me personally, the farthest I can go is relying on my list build. You know, I, I've you know come to grips with my skills as a general, so to speak, on the on during the game. And I think my skills only take me so far. And to take me the rest of the way, I have to rely on my, my, my list. Which is, you know, it could be a more power list or whatever. Okay. That's where I'm at right now. Okay. And I think you mentioned where you're at, where you could put on that power gaming jacket. Uh, yeah, I mean... And really, but, but you're afraid of, you know, if you fail with it, that might highlight your... Highlight any deficiencies you might have as a general. And like I said, I didn't think of that until we were just talking about it. Right. You know, and maybe that is it. I don't. I don't know if that's it. I just. I don't know why I won't. You know, I don't know why I don't go that extra step. But that's and, okay. And, and you know, if you need, you know, a lot of time to think about that or whatever, you know, that's that's fine. Right. I just. You know, for me, like I said, I, I used to just go. Like, I'm like, I'm going to have a good time. I show up, and I have my army that I like and I think is a pretty decent army, and I go to do my best. Um, I have gone past it in the um, practicing for tournaments. Like, I used to even think that people who are, like, you know, constantly in the mode of getting ready for the next tournament, I looked at that and was like, wow, that's – that." Don't, don't you ever want to just sit and have a fun game? You know, it's like because there are people who that's every game they play. Is, well, we our group is you know fell into that pattern for quite some time. Yeah, I think we're kind of getting out of that now. And thank goodness. <laughs> but you never said anything. How come? Because if everybody wants to play that, that's what everybody wants to play. What am I going to do? Be the I don't want to play this game. Why well, you? You certainly could. I mean, it's your time too. That's true. But I mean, no one seemed really interested in playing. I mean, even when we did the campaigns, you know, the the campaigns were kind of competitive, and mm. it just it seemed like that's what everybody wanted to play. And mm. I don't know. It's just that's if that's what everybody wants to play. I mean, I'm out. Yeah, but play what about it. Dave? What does Dave want to play? Dave doesn't really care. Dave's just happy to <laughs> just be go playing. with the flow. Exactly. Huh? I, I mean, okay, it, maybe I'm weird, but I'm just You're so, definitely weird. I'm but just, go on. <laughs> I got all these cool models, and I love to paint, and I love to build models. I loved to do it as a kid, and I kind of went away from it for a long time. Mm. And that was really what brought me into the hobby was 
you know, go find something to do that's not playing video games. Right. Go find something that's that's a hobby that you could be. And, ex- and I do. I love to paint. Like I, I love to paint, paint like on canvases. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's just I, I love that part of it. Honestly, for a long time, playing the games was secondary, especially when it was just me and Christopher, and we only get together yeah. once every few weeks. And do we have time to get a game? If I got in a game a month or every two months, that was cool. But right. look at all this stuff I painted. Look at this stuff I built. Look at these ideas right. for armies I had. It's the hobby part of it. Yeah. It's a big and, part of it. And so, you know, whatever you guys wanted to play. Um, I've actually gotten to the point now where I do practice for tournaments. Like, I always looked at that. I mean, it's not my focus, but I've moved forward to actively seeing Embracing the value of, of play. Yeah, yeah. seeing the value of practicing at least so as you know to do decently sure. to have a chance to do well. Well, if you're devoting your time and money, you know, to a two day event or whatever, or even a one day event, you yeah. want to make the most of it. You, you know, and, it's like anything; you want to do the best that and you can. I think that's where it happened. That was once again that was the the 2012 Adepticon. You know, I spent all that money and went there and took time off work and left for my family right. and w- was miserable. And right. it was, you know, I was like, well, I got to do something different. And that's when you were like, listen, let's practice. Let's look at what's coming up. You know, be a little more ready for it. And yeah. that's, you know, talk to Alex. And so, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, that's kind of what I'm willing to do. Play a little, practice a little, mm-hmm. do my lists. Um, do you think... Um, Fighting fire with fire, you know, the the win-at-all-cost player mentality and taking on that mentality in order to keep lockstep, maybe even get ahead, does that no longer become just a game then? Is it becoming something else? Here's the thing. I'm... I see these people, and you you see them at these tables, and they're arguing every rule, and they're, you know, fighting. They are fighting. Mm-hmm. With each other, arguing every little movement, every little thing for two and a half hours. How is that fun? This is my hobby. I don't sign up. And who you know who who signs up to get whipped? And if you do sign up to get whipped, then you, that must be something you must really enjoy. But you 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 know you don't sign up to do something you're going to hate. Well, I think it's in that it's this is a perfect example. They're not uh, having fun during the process, but they're having fun having fun of of winning in winning. If they go through that two and a half hours and they win, they'll look back on that and say, yeah, it actually was fun. It was worth it. Uh, I, I don't. I, I And that's, I guess, what separates I guess those people from me. I guess that's the difference. There's the difference right there. I can't, I can't sit there and have that sort of a time. You know, to me, winning is fun and winning is something I like to do. Uh, but that's but not, not at the cost of playing the actual game or yeah. all your time and I mean don't you feel that way a little bit I mean I yeah I totally do winning is fun oh, but not I mean, to that degree right I mean and I think for me and that's where a lot of times you say you know then that's maybe it's the peacemaker in me where I back off if it's that important to you you can have it exactly yeah. I mean if you're willing to do things that are shady you know uh and I'm not you know like well okay you know the same person who says who's gauging you with questions, so that way if they're a new player, I could take my foot off the pedal and make them feel like they have a good time. You can get another person who's far less scrupulous who gauges you and says this guy doesn't know his rules. I can walk all over him. 
Certainly, yeah. And, you know, and there are people like that. Um, So let me ask you that, a follow-up to that. If you're playing a game against someone and they have a a certain army where all you have to do is, you know, do this and that, that will destroy his army, it will start to, you know, crumble his army, for lack of a better term, if he if you don't know that and he doesn't tell you, are you okay with that? It's not your job to tell me how to beat your army. If if okay, I walk up to the table, you and I, and you don't know that you kill my general as a VC, mm-hmm. you've pretty much got the game in the bag. That's not my job to tell you. Do you think uh, it is it sporting in your view then if they do tell you? Or is that just silly? I mean, if you can. I mean, if you no. Know, I mean, there's. I mean, I've played games with players who are less experienced, and said to them, "Why are you doing that? Right? You should do this." Because there's at a point. I think sometimes where I just feel bad. You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> wow, you are just. I mean, you, they just don't know. Yeah, you're doing something that is so useless that you know you mm. you. I'm already got the upper hand a little bit. I'm playing. I'm doing well, and you're going to do. You're going to. You know, hey, you should probably agonize uh, over. Yeah, you should um, probably at least a try that. Doesn't matter exactly, yeah. you know. Um, and like I said, it's not my job to teach you how to play or how to win. But if not you, in I, a tournament, right? Exactly. Or, or depending on your mentality, it could be you could make that your job. You, you you could. Some people do. And if you're out, and if you're out ahead, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you only do it if you're winning because that's you know, someone who's nice to you only when they're winning, and then they're playing hardcore when they're losing because right. they need to. Uh, you know, Christopher, that's one of the reasons Christopher really, ha- I mean, like I said, I know we brought this up. Christopher, when he was playing at that last Blood in the Sun, he was up at the top tables, mm-hmm. and he had a miserable time. Because when people were losing, they were upset. When they were well, winning, I mean, they were happy. He said, He said. first of all, the stress level was high, but there was at least one game where when the person who he was playing with when he was beating was constantly calling him on every little movement, watching his moves, rules lawyering mm-hmm. him left, right, and sideways. And then as that player slowly took the lead, then was a very pleasant, didn't sure. care, but, you know, was, and, you know, oh, do whatever, you know, well, that's, very magnanimous, that's... you know, and it's, but it was. But, you know, that is human nature, I think, magnified, you know, true. to a huge degree. But, of course, if you're winning, you're going to be happy. If you're losing, True. Who's going to be happy when they're losing? No, but it's what it's it's like when you're playing and everything's hunky dory, and then you start losing and you start rules lawyering like crazy every little move. Right. It, you're not you, you if you know you didn't just start because suddenly the game suddenly took a completely different shift. You know, Chris. I know Christopher well enough to so know he's playing the same game the whole game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's there's. It's a change in mentality, change yeah. in their approach to the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's just, part of that bullying that we mentioned and that's, earlier. That's kind of what it was. Is he felt that this guy was trying to, you know, you know, basically pull maneuvers that right. weren't right. Uh, I mean, I know you, I, I know I've heard it, and I could have sworn you were there too when we were at the one tournament, and someone actually said, "Listen, you know, that's not how you play it. Mm-hmm. Don't pretend like, oh, can I do this?" And uh, we actually had that discussion. If uh, if you know. A rule is one way, mm. and you pretend not to know it. Mm. Hey, can I do this? There's another thing where you're checking your player. Right. Hey, can I do this? Yeah, I think you can go ahead, and you know you can't do that. Right. Well, they said I could do it. You know that. Uh, you know that's that's cheating. That's cheating. If it's, you, it's yeah, it, it is, and it's an underhanded. 
and I've ploy. seen it, and that's but it's part of the you know it happens. Well, it shouldn't. It, hey, but there's a lot of things that shouldn't happen, but that do, and uh, but and that's that's. And I know not everybody at the top table is like I, I that. Think it that's happens the thing. With, it happens with a higher frequency at those top top tables. Right. Are you are you okay being exposed to that? Uh, is one question. Are you? Wh- how do you feel about? Um, do you want to play with those, those? Do you want to play against those another people? Question. Do I want to? If I had a choice, no. But a lot of times, even not at the top tables, at the first round pairings, you might end up playing one of these, one of those. One yeah. of those people. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you might. So and you, you might not have a choice. So, you know, it, it comes with the territory. Uh, you know. I mean, you're just asking what you're willing to do, and I just see people. I mean, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I guess I'm just, I'm not willing to do those, a lot of these things that these, mm. that, uh, and like I said, it, it's not that the top players are willing to do. It's that the win-at-all-cost players are willing to do. Right. And uh, it's it it really I dislike it, and not just because of the way it is, but I think it really turns off some of the newer players to Warhammer. I think it really can. I I can see that. But going back to you though, and the power list, I think that's the one thing that you can do, and and not necessarily offend anyone, sure, or betray any of your uh, integrity. Yeah. So I think you you can do that. I and, probably and should. If you can play that list and give your opponent a fun, enjoyable game, then that'll be my new goal. I'm going to have to go to a tournament, either with my VC or with my demons, and I'm just going to have to bring filth. I'm going to have. It's going to be one of my. One I of think the things uh, I knowing you as I do, though, I think your opponents will will enjoy that game. So I think you know it's worth should, something to I'm try. I'm going to have to try it at some yeah. point, I guess. So anyway, I don't want to belabor the topic too much. I think that's sure. pretty much it. I just well, what about you? I mean, how far? I mean, what do you? I mean, I know you practice for your tournaments, and I know you write your lists as well as you can. I guess I don't write my lists as well as I can. I think that's really the only real difference between the way the two of us, at least, approach our tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, it's just. Wow. That's something you should, you know, try it. Just yeah, to I guess see where it leads you. I just see, like I said, I, I it it infuriates me to see people who are willing to. And hey, you know, it, I guess there's people who don't see anything wrong with playing that way. But I'll tell you what, there's it's, it's like you said, bringing a hard list doesn't make you a bad player, mm. uh, or, or or a bad guy. Uh, in fact, you know, when I know we mentioned it with uh, the guys. Uh, when the guys from the Circle City Circuit were on earlier, yeah, how uh, they were talking about sports and comp and stuff like that, right? And uh, you know, we sometimes get a bum rap. You know, oh, in the Midwest, you have all this sports, and then people just use that as a comp mm. thing. I don't like your army. I dinged you. Dude, I, I I loathe when people do that because it, it it happens though. I know they feel like they don't have any control over anything if they had a bad game against you, but they can control the sportsmanship score. Right. Hence. And that, but that's, you know, what, and once again, that, that's, is that, I mean, you know, it happens, but mm. when the tournament organizer, when it says on the sheet, this has nothing to do with the guy's list and you ding him for the list. Right. That's, that's kind of cheating. Or in my book, same, if the same list, you know, one, um, you know, is, is middle of the, the pack and the other one comes in first or second, 
there's I think there's going to be a difference in perception that the winner that came in first or second, oh, that's a power list. I couldn't do anything against it. That he totally rolled me. Uh huh. You know, I might have to mark him down on sports because he was such a tough opponent. Whereas you play the other person, same list, maybe they're not as capable as a player. Hey, I was in the game. You know, I'm going to grade his list pretty good. Sportsmanship, good. Cheating. Maybe, but I'm, I think it's a difference I'm in perception. Calling it like I see it. If you if it says it's for the player and not the list, I'm talking about the group though. If the group sure. collectively yeah. scores list A while player A and player B, even though they have the same list okay. differently, that's a perception issue. Yeah, could yeah. be cheating. I just I don't know. Like I said, I I've played against Relian, who takes we all know he takes hardless. It's what he does. His idea of fluff is, yeah, wh- wh- where's your theme in this army? This army is going to win. That's my <laughs> right. theme. You know, and that's sure. And I have a great game with him every time. He never tries to rules lawyer me. He never tries to slow play me. He goes in there. He says, "Yeah, I'm playing hard list because right. I'm going to play at a table against other people with hard lists, right? And I need someone to compete against them. And he's going in with his skills. He's going in. Uh, he's playing his game as best he can. There's no funny stuff." Hmm. You know, and and I respect that. I really do, um, and I appreciate players like that. You know, Gary was who was on. Yeah. You know, it's it's not easy to beat Gary when he's playing his dwarfs, and he can totally, you know, pound you, and you still walk over there having a good game. He's not getting right. gamey on you. I just don't like the gaminess, and I I think you're right. I think uh, I have associated. I've somehow in my mind linked those. Lists with those gamey players, and I, <laughs> I, I, I know it's, it's, but it's like you said, it, it's not. You know, yes, whack players tend to take these lists, but just because you have this list doesn't make you one of these players. Right, and you're right. right, and I think I've sort of associated the two, which is why I stay away from both parts. And so maybe I should take some embrace the filth, yeah, as they say. I should <laughs> at least once. Yeah, you know? look at you turning me into one of those players. No, I'm just saying, you know, just spread your wings. You know, Aaron's and... listening right now going, that's right, Hobby Wrecker White Tech. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That'll be the mantra. So uh, there you go. So just thoughts on, you know, winning with Warhammer and the, the subsequent fall, the potential fallout as a result. That's why I'm looking forward to the campaign. The yeah, rules are too. out and we've got the few things I have to make uh, two adjustments in the wording, and it's it's a go. I'm going to win at all costs. <laughs> the way that the and we could talk about this maybe next episode. We'll talk about the campaign because now that we've got it ratified by the group and accepted, sure. the way we've got it set up, it's not about how well or how poorly you play your games. It's really about the the game on the board, and that's yep. the beauty of it. Is you can. You can play and you can win all your games. It's not necessarily going to compete. It's playing versus competing. I think right, and so it, it takes away. I think it, it it puts it puts the fun back in. There you go. Makes me happy. Puts the war back in Warhammer. Yeah. Yay. All right, so folks, I think that's a show. What do you think, Chris? Works for me. All right. So, um, well, that's it. It's uh, February twenty fifth when this is out. Couple days before my birthday, so I will Ooh. be. How old are you going to be? Forty-two. Forty-two way years older young. than Gary Luther. <laughs> yeah, what a young one. I know, going to be thirty. I didn't even. Bastard. Wow, I didn't. It didn't occur to me how young he was. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, we're going to be back in March. You know what's funny mm-hmm. is what was the last book that came out? The last army book before this was it? Lizards? No. What was Dark Elves? Was it Dark, it was Dark Elves? Elves? Yeah, it was Dark Elves. And there was all those reviews the day the book came mm-hmm. out, and the uh, the elf. The dwarf book's been out almost a week, and I haven't seen one one review show. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it was there was the backlash of so many people being like, "Damn, people haven't even bought the book yet," and other people already have put out their put out their uh, their reviews. Or maybe it's just that it's just, it's a you know more elite group of players who play dwarfs, so you're not seeing that. Whatever. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I've seen no reviews yet. Then ours, we're not rushing ours. We're gonna get some time to play some games and do yep. that. So it'll probably be after exposure. Yep. probably after Adepticon. Once we'll, I collect, you know, enough uh, shorn beards, we'll we'll certainly talk. Oh sure. <laughs> Once I drop enough uh, gyro bombs on your little elves, we'll see what happens. <laughs> that sounds like a gastrointestinal. <laughs> well, <condition. laughs> I could, I could, hey, that okay? Man, did you drop my gyro bomb? <laughs> That's. Maybe that's what I do. Maybe that's my win at all cost move. <laughs> oh man, I'm losing. I don't want to be a jerk, but I got to do something. <laughs> I just cleared the room. It looks like I win. That's the biggest template ever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so on that note, leave us a review. Yes. Sign up on our forums. Yeah, join the forums. Come let us know what you thought of this. And, hey, where do you guys draw the line? That's That that would be kind of what I'd like to see for some responses on the forums. I would. I'd be, be curious to see that as well. And, uh, yeah, where do you draw the line and uh, where do you think people it gets too far? Or where did you start as a player? Where yeah. are you now? Where are you now? Or, you know, yeah, what do you do? What do you do to, uh, what do you do to win? Where do you, you know... Not just what won't you do, but what do you do? What do you do to prep and get ready and become the best player you can be? All right. That's the show, Chris. All right, David. I think it sounds pretty good, and we are ready to roll. We'll be back March 10th with a little Storm Magic Monsters Arcanum, I think. That sounds like a good plan. All right. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Garage if you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Pilfer Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.